Welcome to Fly Cool Shit. Fly Cool Shit. A podcast about flying cool shit. Join us weekly where we talk about aerobatics, warbirds, tailwheel flying, unique aircraft, and much, much more. Let's start the show. You're cleared into the box. Smoke on. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 13 of Fly Cool Shit. I'm Petro, and I got Mark. Wait. (laughs) We're a really professional podcast right now, and my name is Mark Pollard. Let's see if anybody notices. (laughs) Mark got a New York accent up in this bitch. Man, what are you drinking, wine, Mark? Fuck yeah, I'm drinking wine. You sound drunk. I think it's because we're, we're both really excited for our next guest. I think that's what it is. Dude, I'm super excited. I'm super excited. Can you can you uh, let our esteemed listeners know the awesome guests that we have today? I will. And I hope you don't put it on the title because that would be a dead giveaway. So maybe we can do like, I don't know if we can hide it, but some of the hints. I'm going to say uh, Pits S2B, beautiful, yellow and black. Bumblebee. Bumblebee. Incredible national aerobatic judge. Incredible pilot. And he loves Batman. That's, you know, we both share that. Uh, I mean, I would date Batman if I could. I could see that. Yeah. I mean, wouldn't you? I'm pretty sure that's a Pornhub genre. (laughs) But yeah, we got Justin Hickson on. What's up, Justin? Hey, guys. How's it going? So excited, man. So excited. I think I drank too much. What's up, dude? I'm going to have to take a pee break during this one. (laughs) Uh, Amateur hour. So amateur. Well, no, we, no, were, I we were talking for like 20 minutes before this, just shooting the shit. And we should have just been recording, to be honest. <laughs> right. I know I have a huge glass of wine and a huge glass of uh, water in front of me. I'm like, this is this is not going to go well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, gear up. This might be a two-parter. I think it's going to go really well. Yeah, I'm out all night. So, so you got a pits, man. So tell us, like, I don't have a lot of pits time. I know Mark does. I got S2A time. What? Is that what you started in? Like, what's the deal? I don't want to go too much into like your career because I hate that stupid question when people are like, <laughs> "Tell us about your first flight, your intro Ooh, flight in an airplane." Intro flight, but it, it's intro your flight thing. in an airplane. Oh boy! <laughs> but you've had um, the pits for a long time, right? Yeah, I've had my pits for probably about nine, ten years right now. Um, I didn't, I didn't jump right into it. I, I actually uh, got started in decathlon. Uh, I took the advice of Bobby Yunkin. He told me to go find a decathlon, learn the basics, and then just fly the wings off of it. And he goes, you know, after that, you'll enjoy it more. And I went, okay. So I found a decathlon, flew for a couple of years, and <laughs> unfortunately, it was more of a uh, partnership. And uh, yeah, I I don't cool. like I don't like sharing anymore. So what was so, so, Hold on, hold on. I I have to be. I just want to make something. I, I want to make sure I'm really clear on this. Are you saying partnerships have negative drawbacks? Um, mine did. <laughs> my, my group, they'd rather keep the airplane in the hangar. So I kind of oh went, nope, I'm going flying. See you. Bye. And they got upset about it, but that's all right. So aren't airplanes supposed to be flown? That's what I said. Who knew? Who knew? <laughs> what was it? Like a 150 horse, 180 horse? No, Blunt? it was a, it was a 180. Uh, nice. I'm trying to remember late nineties or something. It was very well taken right. care of. Oh, wow. That was a really nice one. Yeah, and and honestly, the, the the club that I was part of, um, 
my chapter, pretty much they all, everybody got started in that club and, uh, it's actually, it's still around even despite all of its pitfalls, they're still around. They're still flying the airplane and they enjoy it. So I flew it all over the place. I went to a couple competitions, enjoyed it and kind of went, you know, this is what I want to do. So then it kind of went, you know, it's time to upgrade. Nice. And now you got this, uh, S2B, which is a freaking rocket ship. Oh, I love it. <laughs> it's a beautiful airplane. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And yeah. Be- beautiful face flying it. You're on the cover of uh, of uh, IAC or you're in one of the ads or whatever. I see you all the time. With the fucking <laughs> shit, shit and grin. What, what's the, uh, what's the That's cap- an old photo. What's Come the- roll with us. Come roll with us. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool, man. I got to give it to them. That's pretty cool. That was pretty yep. cool. And I love your paint scheme. I'm a big black fan. Thanks. I love, I love black. And, uh, you know, that's the one thing that sucks about owning an extra is like you, like both Petro, ironically, both of our airplanes are pretty dark color. Like, I don't know that extra would approve. Yeah, that, that's a whole nother podcast is like, yeah, the color's <laughs> got to be a certain, you got to have a certain amount of color of this. And we had to go yeah. like back and forth a little bit just because of the spar. But well, I do I'm like you just got to prove. What's that? I, I do like Mark's paint scheme, though. That is kind of neat looking, you know, really? especially the way the sun hits it. I think it's stupid. It's a- <laughs> <laughs> I think it fucking sucks. <laughs> well, he, he actually literally scared me because I, I was on Barnstormers today and I was looking through just, you know, looking because that's what you do, right? And I saw Mark's airplane and went, oh, crap, it's for sale. I'm like, I ain't buying a monowing, but wait, it's- that's a really good price. Maybe I, maybe I should. And then I went, oh wait, it's for a fourth. Nah, never mind. Pass. Yeah. Really? I guess I'll tell everybody here now I'm selling my share. Yeah. It's just going to use all that money invested into the podcast, right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> we'll buy some keychains. No, one of the, one of the partners wants to get out. Yeah. By, I'm gonna, I was going to get, um, I was going to make a bunch of like, um, IAC branded, uh, Blackberry cell phone holder, belt holder. <laughs> <laughs> Some beeper covers, pager covers, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, pager covers. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. that's badass. I would buy one. I don't even have a pager. Yeah. Maybe we should oh. bring back pagers. Do they that even make sweet. them? I'm. Sh- they got them. So I read an article. This is such a sidebar from Fly Cool Shit, but like, um, it, I don't. I don't think it was. Maybe it was Motorola had finally turned off because the last like uh, market to use pagers were were like was like the medical industry. Um, so like doctors and nurses, you know, that, that were on call used pagers. And like, um, I think it might've been Motorola turned off the last system. So ah. like effectively rendering, you know, the last little holdout of pagers completely gone. Well, they got apps for everything. So why not use it? How funny would it be? Okay. We should do this. Okay. I might cut this out of the podcast cause it's so genius is we should make, <laughs> we should make a cell phone app that is a pager. <laughs> they probably so you just get a page out have it like you, you pick they up your cell phone like, oh shit I, I got paged they must have it i'm sure yeah yeah, yeah yeah i know people that are on call and they get it through the app so you have to have <laughs> yeah. a pager that's an app it would just be cool to have like a motorola app like that is like that old like motorola you know the typical you know that like one little gray button beeper you know yeah. Like, oh, some, somebody just sent me boobless on my pager. <laughs> I miss oh, go for it. Go for it. I'll, I'll start the uh, the BlackBerry app. Yeah. I miss how, sim- how simple everything was. You know, you had like one or two games. You had Snake and 
I don't know, something else probably like touch, not even Tetris. She said snake on the Nokia's and it was just simple. Oh, like, you didn't have to, like Now it's like, uh, your, I, your iCloud's full. You got to buy this and you can't download this. You got to remove this. It's like, come on, man. I just want to play some snake. That's all I want to do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you can download snake now. Yeah, I'm but sure. it's, not, it's too nice. I want like the old school, you know, dot matrix tank. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, anyway. So you love the pits. You're flying intermediate, right? Oh yeah. oh yeah. Yeah. I'm saying that because we have to talk about this, this 2020 known or 2021 known with the snap. Cause Mark and I are both very, I mean, I, everybody knows my position. I'm really emotional about it. I'm, I'm very upset that they <laughs> cried about it, that they put the snap roll back in. Like, what do you feel like from, I'm not asking you as like, um, uh, like a, from a political stance or whatever, but like, just as like a competitor, like what was your thoughts go? Cause you've been in, in the pits for nine years. So I, there's no question. You, and you did really well at national. So you can snap roll an airplane. There's no question, but what do you, what's your thoughts on it? You know, the snap does need to be somewhere. That's just my personal thought. Um, you know, it, it's fun looking at the retro sequences back, like from seventies and eighties, you know, when they were like, Oh yeah, we got snaps. There's three snaps, four snaps and sportsmen. It's like neat. Now we got one snap and everybody's in an uproar going, Oh, we can't do it. It's going to hurt my airplane. And other people are like, I fly the same airplane. It's fine. <laughs> so now yeah, it's yeah. kind of one of those, where do you put the snap? And when you think about it, it's a huge jump from sportsman to advanced. So you got intermediate. It's kind of one of those lost categories. What do you, what do you do with it? Cause you know, let me ask you this. Um, that this maneuver, sorry, not, not to cut you off, but yeah. the, the, the snap itself, you know, thinking about figures and, um, obviously, you know, roll rates, the big one now, right? Like, uh, you know, how, how, in, in terms of judging and, and you'd be an excellent person to, to answer that question as far as looking at, you know, consistent roll rates, right. Um, mm-hmm. and, and fast roll rates and slower airplanes being potentially judged off of you know, what would be the norm now, right? Which is, you know, I don't hate to say it, but like, you know, mono, the, the high performance mono, right. is probably the, the standard of which a lot of things are judged. And probably behind that is, would be the pits or other high performance biplanes. Um, the snap roll is having it back in the day when, you know, you had, you had the S one and, and maybe S two, but like you didn't have any real high, super high energy snapping monoplanes. Right. in the lower levels is this is the snap roll itself one of those maneuvers where like it's it's better to have it out merely because the gap in or the the ability to have it score well is probably larger than other figures Ooh, meaning like if you're in a super decathlon your ability to, your ability to get a good snap in a super decathlon and have it score well in intermediate is probably way harder than an S2B or C or laser or extra. Oh, definitely. But when it's flown perfect, it's just, it's beautiful to watch. And you're just, wow. Hey, that was, that was a great figure. That's at least nine and a half. Then you see the it rest is, of the but, figure. Um, then you're like, oh, that sucked. <laughs> but it's, it, but like with scrutinizing eyes, like, especially with judging, like you're, you know, you're seeing, you know, like, I mean, what, what percentage does a, you know, does a super D make up in competition overall? I mean, like obviously like when we think of grassroots and like the, you know, starter airplanes and like, Oh, this is what you're learning. We all think it's super D, but that's not making up the measurable percentage of competition airplanes. Um, unless maybe like some small regional, you know, contest has a lot. I mean, I know UND brings them out. 
Right. Um, but it's not like, it's not like 30% probably. It's probably less than that. I don't know what the exact numbers are, but yeah, I mean, you're probably more than realistic, but you know, you can't argue with a super decathlon. It's it's beautiful to watch when it's perfectly snapped, you know, like in the hands of Mike sure. Lentz, not to drop, yeah. name drop people, but holy cow, when you see him snap, it's just, oh, that, that has to be a 10, you know? And then you see, you know, Jeff come in with the extra and you're like, oh, yawn, boring. Boring. Four. Yeah, <laughs> boring. He no, didn't do anything. This <laughs> is one of those guys where you watch him fly the super decathlon and you forget he's flying a super decathlon. Exactly. Exactly. And and that's why really the decathlon fun. is such a great teacher because it will teach you the right way to do it instead of, you know, jumping in. Sorry, the, you know, poor mono wing guys, you just, yeah, you just move the stick around and around the airplane goes, you're just holding on. But in yeah. the decathlon, you have to put it in a certain spot at a certain time. Otherwise it's not going to work. Yeah. You know, well, what's funny I mean, is I, I kind of started all the grades. Yeah, if you look at all the greats with the Super Decathlon, like everybody's flown either a Super Decathlon or some type of low low powered aerobatic plane yeah. before they've gotten great. I mean, I can't think of anybody that hasn't flown, you know, either it's like a, uh, a Decathlon or a Taylorcraft or something like that, where you know they were just killing it in basic or sports, and then they got to a pits, and then you know whatever evolved from there. Right. Well, what's right. weird is like even going from a Super D, like that's, I mean, I cut my teeth in Satabrias. Like I, I went through every flavor of Satabria, like from ECA to GCBC to 7K cab to then 8K cab. Um, not like in a progressive stance, it's just like my flight school had all of them. And so I just, I flew every flavor and, and whatever was available that weekend is what I kind of did aerobatics in. Nice. Um, which was, you know, it was fun. Um, but now I, I mean, I can, I fly lazy. Like I'm sure everybody's like, yeah, we can see in your fucking videos. You fly lazy. Like, um, when I snap, like I don't, I used to really think about the snap in the super decathlon, you know, and I didn't snap it a whole lot, but you're so right. Like, you know, Jeff and I were just talking about this in another group chat uh, and I won't name the name, but he, this, he, he, I, what I will say is he has the sexiest haircut in the air show game. If that gives that away. Sexiest haircut <laughs> in the air show game. Um, never snapped in competition in a high, in his high 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 energy monoplane, you know, and and scored well. And it's like if you can do that, if you can hide that, that's it. You know, you're obviously not doing it right, but that's impressive. Right. From a, it's it's well, it's not. I guess it's unimpressive um, because you know, if you're looking at the super D, you there's no cheating. There's no getting around having to do it. No, well, you can't cheat in the Super D. That's that's the beauty no. part. Yeah, because that's what happens is the monoplanes have such incredible ailerons that, you know, it can it can really blend, you know, and control the uh, the roll rate of the snap, whereas the decathlon, you know, it snaps faster than it rolls. So, you know, when it's not when a decathlon is snapping, like you have to yeah. keep the rudder and you have to, you know, have it auto rotate. There's just no question. And that's why, like, even like with like monoplanes, like when you go to a competition, if you can hear you know, the prop and everything like that, whatever you want to call yeah. it, then it's a snap roll. Like, unless if you don't hear that sound, in my opinion, it's just, it's not a snap at that point. You should hear some type of prop, you know, uh, adjustment on it where you kind of get that bite from it. Whereas if they're just pitch and rolling and it's a little mushy, like the airplane didn't auto rotate, didn't snap, but it's hard. That's to so true. It's hard You're to see whoosh. as a judge though. But if a judge, I mean, as a judge, if you see pitch and you see, some type of yaw and a rotation. I mean, how is it not a snap, right, Justin? Exactly. 
Exactly. And that's all you need. Right. Look at the rule book. It tells you how to snap it. And if you don't see it, well, you don't score it. Yeah, exactly. Are you able to, are you able to, as a judge score based off of, you know, extra sensory, um, perceptions like the noise? That's a good point. You know, I, I never don't. really thought of that. Okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think it, you can. I don't think you can. I mean, it, it's not allowed. <laughs> But okay. that's but that's how they get it. But if you get a decathlon in there that tries to do the same shit, I mean, you you'll know right away. It's the same thing as like flying around to spin. You know how like the the rotation, yeah. it's spiral, whatever you want to call it. It's the same exact shit. So like, it just makes it that much more. But back to like the adding the snap into the sequence. You know, my standpoint. I don't know if you listen to the prior the prior podcast is I feel, and I could be completely, you know, Mark and I could be completely off base on this, but I just feel like there's, (laughs) there's a, there's a a fair amount. If I had to guess a fair amount of sportsman pilots that want to make the jump, but are really intimidated by the known sometimes, you know, where, and like, I think it would be the reason why I thought it would be cool. And I can, I could see both points and like, yeah, advance is like a, the, you know, the jump from advanced to unlimited is fucking tremendous, but you expect that because it's fucking unlimited, right? But the jump from intermediate to advanced, it shouldn't, I think it's kind of diluting a lot of competitors from moving up. And I think that my point was that if you remove the snap for at least a year, you would kind of get that threshold of sportsman pilots that have been in the category for, you know, say five years that are just like, Ugh, I just don't know if I, and then if you make it a little bit easier for them, open up the window and let some of the air out for some of them. And, you know, they can do a free, they'll, you know, they'll make an easy free like everybody does, you know, whatever boring free that they can do. And then they'll get through the unknown with whatever avalanche snap that gets put in there. That was like my point. I thought it would, it would be great to help grow the sport. I get your point too. I mean, I could see everybody's point. I just thought from like an IAC standpoint and membership standpoint, or competition attendance standpoint, I thought it would be great. You know, yeah. You- well, there there was that rule where instead of a full snap, it was like a four point rule. But geez, I I have to hit the books to make sure that's still in there. But yeah, that was in there at one time, and it would be nice if you know you see people doing that instead of a full snap. You know, was, I'd love to see more decathlons come up to intermediate. Oh I my think god, it'd be great. Well, Mark and well, I, I were talking- <laughs> now tell Justin about the 152 guy that we were talking about. <laughs> Dude. Okay. I, I'm so glad you brought that up. Cause I forgot. I should, this is why I should make notes, but uh, I was, I was, I was just like, I think I was driving the other day and I started cracking up dude. Cause I'm like thinking about this guy. We've made up this guy in a 152 Aerobat, okay? Dude, I listened to and the podcast yesterday, like the end of it, just to make sure like that I still do sound like a complete idiot, and I do. <laughs> <laughs> like, but I was listening to the part about the 152, and like even like right now, I'm just like dying. So I, I, I was yelling at it. I was in my hotel room listening to the podcast. And I'm going, I saw it. I swear I saw it. It was an Iron Eagle. Doug Masters did it. <laughs> yeah. The snake. No, I was thinking seriously. I was like, I was like, how funny would it be if this guy, like, just make up a guy, this this imaginary person? He, you know, one fifty two Aerobat, and then maybe he, uh, he upgrades the engine to like, you know, I don't know, I forgot what like the what the one fifty two upgrade is, right? Like, uh, like it was it like o two hundred to o two thirty five or something like that. Big spinner on it. Yeah, and then um, maybe it's like a, a ten to one. Yeah, it's like it's like a t- uh, tailwheel conversion, you know. And then yeah. he just comes in and in just no, it's tricycle gear. It's tricycle gear, man. No tailwheel. Okay. okay, all right, all right. I'll revert back to tricycle gear. And he's like, he just 
whoops ass okay and then calls up over ctaf and asks what the active runway is you know <laughs> as, he's, as he's throwing flaps out the thing that got he's me laughing a lot was the uh slamming the door and having the seatbelt lingering on the bottom <laughs> <laughs> everybody knows Just like swinging in the breeze <laughs> everybody knows that that cessna door slam sound to that oh. donk Exact. Not once, twice, three times, no, four. Twice. Yeah. And like some, yeah. somebody's screaming across the ramp. Hey, Todd, you left your beacon on. The, Todd, the beacon's <laughs> on still. <laughs> Strobes are on. <laughs> Dude, you well, left your flaps down. So uh, I'll tell you. I'll tell you off the off the record. Okay, this can't go on the podcast. But uh, you, that uh, Justin, can you enlighten everybody that that may not know? You say off the record uh, because why? <laughs> <laughs> Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Cinnamon, 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 cinnamon. Oh man! <laughs> so, what was off the record? Uh, Go. So, yeah. So, no, they're, they're off the record unofficially. I mean, you can go back through the IEC documents to take a look on it, but um, yeah, just just for your information, there is change that uh, people want to get changed. The uh, um, what is that called? Um, oh, you know how like the uh, S2B is supposed to fly advanced? Yes. The base, the base airplanes. They're actually trying to get rid of that. Why? To where, so honestly, your 152 da- tail dragger with 210 horsepower could ultimately fly advanced if you really think about it. <laughs> the way the way the proposed wording is. <laughs> Holy shit. That makes yeah. No sense. So yeah. So yeah. when you guys said that, I kind of went, Oh shit. <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> What's the goal there? Um, I really don't know. Yeah. I think it's just kind of one of those. I think some people feel that using the word pits, it's old. Uh, Satabria is too old, you know, and we, okay. we need more modern up to date airplanes. Okay. So I just, I, I can't disagree I with that, but no. like, Make the criteria similar because, like, I I do like that basis. You know, right. I, I can't argue too much with that general basis um, of deriving the criteria for a given category. Exactly, but if you have a properly maintained S one that was built in the nineteen sixties, and you're why can't you fly unlimited? If you're a great stick, you should be able to fly it. But some people are like, oh no, that's an old design. We got to get rid of it. I'm like, why? He, he's a better stick than you are flying this brand spanking new uh, mono wing. Well, that that's why, but that's why <laughs> yeah. let's be real. You know, like, um, not, yeah, not to get too much into the weeds, but right. Right. You know. Anyway, um, yeah, <laughs> I guess my, my, uh, my question about the snap, um, as far as a rationale of removing it and, and in relation to the super D is, you know, does that, with that figure alone bring, the kind of meld, you know, we talk about categories of aircraft and, and what, you know, what primary and sportsman and intermediate advanced, et cetera, are built on as far as the IEC rulebook and, and, and category of air or, you know, the airplane that the category is modeled for. Right. Um, does the snap roll, the idea of eliminating the snap roll and intermediate, does that make the super D more competitive? I guess is, is my question. No, it, when you think about it, you're judging the pilot, not the airplane. Right. So when 
you get that great combination. It doesn't matter what they're flying. You're, you're just going to sit there and stare at it while looking at the sun going, this is beautiful. I can't turn away. Yeah. Keep yeah. going. More figures, so, please. So do you know, like when somebody dives into the box, when do you know um, if it's going to be a good flight or not? Is it the entry? Is it the wags? Is it the first figure? Like how, how or is it the third? Like, how do you know? Cause you judge so many flights. Like, you have to know when somebody's going to nail it or not. I mean, not to say they might zero, but I mean, when do you know is what I'm kind of asking. Right. Yeah. No, it's, I think all the judges are different. I mean, I've, some judges say, oh, it starts at the wing wag. You know, I mean, for me, I'd probably say I'm probably more of the fair judges because I'll look at it overall and I grade them one by one. And then at the end, it's like, wow, that, that was an awesome flight. Yeah. But like, what gets you excited? You know, cause like when I'm a new judge, I'm, uh, you know, uh, I'm in the honeymoon phase, I guess I've been a judge for a little over a year now, not the, <laughs> not, not the break. Well, but, well uh, I was, I was ruined on my very first, yeah. very first time I was a judge. I was already ruined from the get go. Cause I had to judge a P 51. Oh, jeez. He was flying primary. <laughs> I feel like the next judging competition, I should come in like judge Judy garbs with that, like freaking tablecloth around my neck. And maybe I'll wear like the colonial style, like white wig. <laughs> I'll tell my assistant to call me George. <laughs> or no, call me Judy. Your name's Jeff. Your name's Jeff to call me Judy. Judy. Judge Judy, baby. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, like, so like when somebody like I get, I'll be honest. And I judge consists. I mean, I I've judged one competition, so, <laughs> but I've judged a co- it, very uh, consistent. And, right. but like when somebody is like, they come in and they're crisp, they're, the airplane's not moving when they're diving, they're ahead of it. You know, they look in control. It's like, right. oh, okay. they got their shit together. And then when somebody comes in and they're making all these like little fucking adjustments, it's like, ah, here we go. Here we go. It kind of goes both ways. I've seen it where people come in and you're like, okay, yeah, really crisp. All right. Now you perk up. And then like halfway through the first figure, you're kind of like, uh, I'm disappointed already. That was me. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I can do a box. I have the best box entry. No, I'm just kidding. Aaron's got a good box. Everybody, but Jeff has a good box entry. <laughs> it was mediocre. <laughs> if you can't enter a box right, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I've also seen it too where, you know, you kind of, you see some of the primary, you know, or sportsmen, it's their first time in front of everybody. And it's like, okay, wing wobble. And you're like, okay, this is going to be boring. And also the first figure, you're kind of like, wait a minute. Um, that, that's like nine, five. And then the second figure you're kind of going, um, that's a nine. Okay. Hey, um, now my interest is peaked. So I'll, I'll keep watching it. Yeah, yeah. I'll buy into this. Yeah. That's a hundred dollars, by the way. <laughs> Do you accept PayPal? Yeah, I still haven't gotten my check from Nationals from last year, Jeff. It's in the mail. It's uh, <laughs> it's in the mail. Okay, it's in the mail, baby. I'm uh, I'm just roasting the coffee beans as we speak. <laughs> oh man, it's amazing at contests how like people think things are political and stuff. It's just hysterical. <laughs> No, it's a, it's a good time. It, it's fun, especially when you're out on the judges' line. You get to watch everything because you got that front row seat. 
and you can see everything. Yeah, I enjoy it. I mean, as long as it's not one of those, obviously one of those days where the sun's just beaming on you and, you know, you got no shade and miserable. But Nationals, we had great weather. Great, great yeah. weather. You know, that's great. So, yeah. So, um, yeah, Mark and I were talking and like what we were talking about, you know, you with your piss pits us to be i'm talking like i got a lisp um but well, like we want to know you had it for a while anything crazy ever happened with that airplane you like find yourself in any kind of because they're known to have like that spin characteristic where you have a little bit of out what is it, out spin aileron it won't recover or something like that you know i'm a i'm a cautious pilot i <laughs> <laughs> i practice up really high i'm kind of a chicken and but no i mean it yeah. I haven't experienced it. Well, I take that back. I, the first year I had it, I experienced my first tail slide at nationals. So, you know, <laughs> I'll admit it. I'll admit it. <laughs> and I was only flying oh. sportsman. Is that uh, a hammer? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, actually. So, uh, a nameless individual, Aaron McCartan, uh, put the idea <laughs> in my head. A nameless He's individual. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody's ever heard of him. No. So, yeah. So he, he told me, he said, Hey, you know, you're flying really good. You should come up with this free. And I'm like, well, okay. I'm all ears. What do I need to do? And he goes, I'll help you write one. So, you know, he, he wrote me up a pretty generic sportsman free. Yeah. Meanwhile, Practice. he was like best friends with Lance and just trying to knock you out of yeah. the competition. That's what that was about. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh no, it was far worse than that. <laughs> so we're, we're, we're practicing all the way up to nationals and I'm like, all right, cool. So, you know, he flew out and this was, oh, we were still in Texas at the time. So, you know, I flew all the way from Minnesota to Texas. You know, I'm going, woo, it's hot, but that's okay. And uh, <laughs> we we get to the uh, to the free, and uh, everything's going pretty good. And, you know, I'm losing a little bit of altitude. No no worries. But then uh, it was a pull vertical, quarter out, layout inverted. <laughs> I came in, pull vertical, did my count, rolled, did my count. I'm like, all right. Pull the stick back, started looking over the top, and next thing you know, the stick goes full aft. <laughs> that was the first time I kind of went, uh-oh. Yeah, and and McCartan so, and Lance were just high-fiving on the ground the whole time. I think I did hear him laugh. Aaron was sitting on the judges' line, you know. And so, yeah, so I, I obviously I banded the figure, gave my wing wag, and I kind of went, what was that? So, yeah, all right, let's check the belts. The belts are fine. And I'm kind of going, something's wrong with the airplane. So check the airplane. I'm kind of going, all right, well, it's not the airplane. Something happened, but I don't know what. All right, cool. Well, let, let's let's figure this out later on the ground. Let, let, let's continue on with the, with the sequence. So I'm looking at it, and the next figure is a half square loop down, but it starts inverted. Oh, wait, I, I remember the rules. I have to do three wing wings inverted. Oh, gee, I, I, I've never done this before. I've never practiced that. Yeah. Oh, man. You look crap. Mine. I'm like, I don't think I've I'm ever like, done that. Exactly. And then, you know, when the wheels leave the pavement, 50% of your knowledge stays on the ground. And I started yeah. going, wait a minute. How fast should I be? How high should I be? How much altitude am I losing? And I'm kind of, you know, so I kind of talk myself through it. And I'm kind of going, all right, yeah, we're just going to start real high. Let's just start at the top of the box. We'll be good. And then I'm like, okay, you know, I'm not going to... Sh- I'm not, I'm not scared. I want to make sure that the judges know I wasn't scared of this. So I, so you told I'm them gonna, on the radio, oh, <laughs> no. I'm going to do 60 degrees of bank inverted, but you know, Hey, I'm a smart pilot, right? So I got to make sure I push forward stick. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Whoops. I, do I feel like an outside snap is coming. 
<laughs> no, no. I came in. I scared myself. I gave that first 60-degree bank inverted, and I forgot how much altitude I lost, but it, I kind of went, wow, I've never seen the needles move like that before. Okay. <laughs> well, let's just let's do 30 degrees of bank. And yeah, wow, I even lost more altitude. And then it's kind of one of those, all right, if you've ever hung inverted for that long of a time for the first time, you're kind of you start asking yourself, wait, is the altimeter reading correctly or is it inverted? <laughs> I'm not for sure. And I started having that argument with myself and then I kind of looked up and went, oh, there's the edge of the box. Go. Yeah. You got <laughs> to do the old uh, gauge tap that Mark and I do on the fuel gauges. Little. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I, I, I landed, you know, and I just kind of, I'm baffled and everybody's like, Hey, what's going on? You know, what happened? So I told them and next thing you know, my airplane is like completely stripped. Because everybody's like, oh, there's a loose object in your airplane. We'll find it for you. And I, I'm just kind of going, wait a minute. Um, we're not doing the annual now. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I was a little scared. And then Aaron texts me and he's like, hey, uh, how, how you doing? I'm like, man, there, there's nothing wrong with the airplane. I think we need a priest. There's something wrong with my airplane. <laughs> he's like, no, no, there's nothing wrong with your airplane, you know? And he goes, hey, when I get back, I'll, I'll, we'll have a talk. So when he came back, you know, the airplane's all put back together. And I'm still trying to figure this all out. And Sure enough, Aaron's like, well, this is what we saw in the judges line. You came in with all this smash. You pulled vertical. You kept going and going and going. And then you rolled and then you went some more and then you kind of stopped. <laughs> I went, oh my God, I did the tail slide. And he goes, yep. Oh, geez. How embarrassing. My first tail slide at nationals while doing a sportsman. <laughs> insert, that's right. insert Michael Lentz walking by with three gold medals. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. But don't worry, we, we corrected it. So everybody, I mean, everybody came, kind of came over and they said, well, what happened? Oh, you did a tail slide. Oh, that's funny. That's hilarious. You know? And I'm kind of like, you know, I'm going to be damned if I do this again, I, I I'm going to redeem myself. So, you know, the third flight, here we go. I could feel it. Everybody at nationals is now watching because they thought it was hysterical. Oh, this was, was at crazy. nationals. Yeah, this was at nationals. My what? first year at nationals. What year was this? Oh my God. I have to blow the cobwebs off that. That's uh what was it? 1904. Yeah. Electricity is fucking wild. <laughs> oh my goodness. I don't remember what, what year it was. Well, maybe hold on. I got to look Man, at my just, phone. Justin was flying to Jenny. <laughs> <laughs> no, I had the pits. <laughs> Randolph was flying right after me. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, he got more fame. They made a movie after him. They didn't make a movie after me. Yeah. <laughs> I, want to, I want to judge behind one of those, like, clear Lexan things with the graph paper on it just because. <laughs> that, was, see, that happened in uh, 2013. Oh, okay, that cool. Was, that was my first Nationals. So, yeah, so the – so the third round, everybody's like, oh, yeah, we heard about Hinkson's infamous slide. So, yeah, everybody's watching. And I'm like, yep, here we go. Came out of the figure. It's same figure again. This time I'm at red line. And I'm like, yeah, this ain't going to happen. Screw yeah. the count. Pull vertical. Hit the line. Roll. Pull. Come over the top. I look up the, <laughs> the airspeed. It's like 140. I'm like, wow, <laughs> I've never seen it that high. Well, too late. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. That's cool. <laughs> But outside of that, yeah, I mean, it's kind of one of those, uh, I, 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 I practice to where, yeah, you know, like botch snaps, spins, you know, I, 
you know, especially at the beginning of the year. So that way, you know, cause you know, here in Minnesota, we really don't fly at the winter time. So yeah, we go into hibernation. So I'll, uh, you know, at the beginning of the season, okay, Hey, let's kind of throw in the wrong aileron. Let's do the wrong recovery. Let's hold the, uh, you know, too much rudder in for a hammer and, you know, and just go from there. And, but you practice that up high. So that way, when it does, you know, happen, it doesn't scare you. You, you, you go out and you fly away from it and then you yeah. come back and try it again. All right. Enough so that's, the, enough that's my the, approach. Enough of the safety talk. That makes perfect sense. We're, we're here for the garbage. <laughs> 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 so, uh, you know, along those lines, so you've been, to, I didn't realize you, uh, you've been going to nationals that long. What's anything crazy ever happened at nationals that you ever hear, you ever see? I mean, you have no, to have I seen some like scary shit. <laughs> Not you. <laughs> you, don't, you don't have to mention names or aircraft, but. Oh <laughs> uh, no, no. How about um how about kicking somebody out? Ooh, that's a good question. I've never experienced that. Actually, I never have. That's oh, cool. that's good. That's good though. I heard Denison was a lot of t- I never got a chance to I started going to Nationals the first year at Oshkosh and man, I heard some really fun stories at Denison. Like <laughs> really fun stories. I'm I'm really I'm not upset, but I'm I'm uh Whatever the word is, I wish I could have been able to, to experience it down there. Because um, oh, it was, it was hot. Yeah, it was but I, very, very hot. But I heard it was a lot of fun. Like everybody had a good time. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And what they have? They had like a skeet, not a skeet shooting range, but they had like rifle shooting or something right across the road or something. Somebody told me. Oh, I'm sure there was. I'm trying to remember where that was at. It might have been earlier, back in like the early, uh, early '90s, late '90s type of thing. Oh, um, could have been. But yeah, then the, uh, the that whole airport. Somebody, I mean, I don't know if it's right or wrong, but uh, all the private pilot flight training or something like that got infiltrated. Yeah, there was a big flight school on the south side. But every time when we showed up for nationals, they they'd scatter. They went to the other different airports and whatnot. But still, you know, everybody would move their airplanes around for us, and so that way we could have the hangars and. Sometimes, you know, the, the locals would open up their hangers and you're kind of like, hey, wait, what's that over there? So, you know, I was that person that would mosey over and go, oh, hey, we're, what a cool looking airplane. Oh, neat. You know, and then you find some other airplanes in the back of their hangar under tarps with the wings pulled off. And you're like, oh, this is cool. And next thing you know, you're like, oh, shit, I got to go flying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny, man. <laughs> but yeah, man. Do you see yourself much- upgrading uh, out of the pits? What was that? Do you see yourself upgrading out of the pits? I say upgrading, but you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, I mean, there, there are days where I go, geez, yeah, it'd be nice to get a model wing, but you know, it's a, it's a love hate relation. I kind of go, Oh man, I love the pits. It's, it's got great lines. I mean, you land anywhere. Everybody's like, everybody knows that airplane and they want to come talk to you. And yeah, it's great looking. Right. But you know, do you know how much it sucks to own an extra and and spend the money that it costs to maintain an extra just to have somebody come up to you and ask you what RV that is. <laughs> <laughs> it's an RV three hundred. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, it would be nice to have that cappuccino maker in the cockpit, you know, and the recliner seats. And oh, it's sweet, man. It's but, sweet. you know, <laughs> you spilled my macchiato. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but the pits is so much fun, though. I mean, it's really hands-on. I mean, you smell the fuel. You know, it's always breezy. There's no heat. Uh, you know, it's 
it, it's really hands-on type flying. What do you know? mean? You, you smell the, you got a fuel leak going all the time? Sounds like you need to get that checked out. <laughs> Justin's getting high. That's, that's probably why you botched that figure. You're probably high on fumes. <laughs> oh, come on. If, if that's why you tailed it. Uh, Hundred low lead was a clone. I'd be buying it. Oh shit! Everybody loves the smell of that. Come on. I would. Uh, I think Mr. McCartan might have unscrewed a fitting a little bit to screw you up yeah. at that nationals. Never put it back. <laughs> uh, the pits is fine. It, it's it, it's very down to earth. I it's, it's two wings. It really is, and it's a joy to fly. Yeah, yeah, there's pros and cons, but you know, there's pros and cons to everything. But yeah. you know, the pits is just way more fun. It can out corner. I can out pull the mono wings, no problem. Uh, yeah, you know. But yeah, getting that little acceleration. <laughs> more more up for this podcast. Uh, thanks a lot, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> it's just more fun. <laughs> no, I hear it. They look fast too. I love the way they look on the ground. The pits. Is- <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll stop. I'll give up. I'll relent. I love it. I love it. No, but but Justin, like, what would you get? Like, let's just say, you know, um, say you won the lottery, right? You got whatever type of money it costs to get one of these plastic pieces of junk. What would you get? What would you go get? I'm gonna give. I'll give you your choices. You have a um, well, Mark and I will extra 330 SC. Here you go, Mark. Never heard of it. <laughs> what would you say? Never Mark? heard of her. What's that? Oh, there's that Gen Pro. That sounds pretty cool. Um, but, no, lots no. of buzz. <laughs> lots of buzz right now. Oh my god! Get a lot, lot of feedback. Game Boy, honestly, MX Extra Gen Pro Carbone. Honestly, you can go I would, dinner with Carbone for one night. Oh, Carbones would be great. <laughs> all those else. airplanes and extra. All those airplanes or one one dinner at Carbone with massage. Same yeah, I'm I'm gonna go with Panzel. Ooh. Ooh. Well, you know, it's so funny. I feel like somebody that you know and we know is selling a Panzel Stoutacker um you know uh lineage. There's actually two of them for sale. That's true, there is actually two of them for sale. Yeah, they're like competing right now because they're very similar. Yeah, serial number one and serial number two. I feel like where is uh Bob Freeman's? Where is it located? Colorado. How far away is that from Aaron? From Aaron, uh, it was a couple states. Couple states, yeah, yeah. So they should like you know, it'd be cool. It's just to like settle the dispute, fly them to like a meeting place, and just you know do like wingtip to wingtip, pull vertical, see who can last longer in the vertical. <laughs> you know, do everything side by side, and like see see who's got the better airplane. I mean, how not? And then I think they kind of did that. I think Aaron and Craig, because uh, Craig Gifford actually had that panzel before Bob did. Yeah. yeah. Oh my goodness. They they were like the Panzel twins. It was crazy. Yeah. It was a weird it was a weird relationship honestly. But yeah. uh no, it, I, the, the Panzel it's a it, it's got that nice sound to it. It's very crisp, especially flown right. Yeah. <laughs> but um no, it's it, it presents well. Yeah, it was probably the best bang for the buck um airplane you could buy <laughs> in terms of capability. I mean, I can't think of a better airplane that's cheaper. There was oh, there was a lot of people looking at it when Aaron brought it over to uh, um, uh, the Advanced Worlds. Um, everybody was looking at it, but it's it funny because I was on the judges line, and um, you know they're like, I was sitting with the uh, chief judge record or doing something, and they got to call him into the box, and the guy calling him into the box had never seen a Panzel, said the word Panzel, 
or heard of a panzel. So he looks at this sheet for the first time. He goes, what? He was like South African. He goes, what is this? A pansy? That's a pansy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, no, panzel. It's because we're from America. <laughs> but no, it's just, oh it's got beautiful God. lines in the vertical. I mean, the it just, I think it rolls quicker than, and it just looks better than an extra when it rolls. It definitely, how dare you? It definitely, how dare you? It corners a lot better than extras. How fucking dare you? <laughs> <laughs> but see, I, I got one problem though. My my problem is, is I can never get a panzel because I don't fit. Yeah, well, you oh. got to drop a couple of LBs, man. You got to get on it. My shoulders are too broad. How do you fit into the bat suit? Uh, you know. Well, <laughs> nobody's, nobody's supposed to know. <laughs> oh, my that's God. That's supposed to be a secret. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, well, yeah no, that, that's my only complaint about the panzel. It's not wide enough. If you've got broad shoulders like I do, and I barely fit in the pits, honestly. I was I, just going to say, the panzel's narrower. Narrower than a pits? Yeah. Yeah. The pits, I uh, think, is like 22, 23 inches. And I forgot what the panzel is. But yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I could, I, I've sat in both panzels before, you know, and, but as soon as I bring the canopy down, nope, I can't fit my shoulder. I have to scrunch the shoulders in and can't move the arms. And I'm like, nope, nope. So you <laughs> would not, work. you would not get a Gen Pro. You'd go right to the, that's, that's really fucked up. Really? <laughs> they're smaller they're like micro machines no the gen pro yeah yeah you said the gen pro i can't even fit in that yeah i think you can i mean that's why i'm surprised well i i know the uh what is it the oh what's that <laughs> new fancy extra oh the ng yeah it's 25 inches wide i could fit in that yeah that thing's like a freaking station wagon <laughs> dude sitting in that thing like oh how wide oh is my it God. i never seen one in person yet you know, it's probably it, honestly, I don't know how wide our 300s are or your 330 and, and my 300 as far as room. It feels like I know it's not. I know it's monocoque, but like it feels like maybe it's a little bit narrower because the trim inside or, you know, it almost feels like they covered the fuselage tubing in a, in a, in a weird way. You know, what I'm, you know what I'm well, trying to say? Like, in there, right? no, it's not. It's monocoque. It's it's all right. one piece. Um carbon fiber but it it kind of has that feel like it, maybe they brought it in a little bit like if you were to just like cover our, the inside of our airplane with a carbon fiber you know cover weird um but it's 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 comfortable it's still super comfortable i mean that fucking airplane's super comfortable oh my god and adjusting everything is is literally like the push of a button i mean seat height uh pedals everything's like very very Man, that airplane is just made to be comfortable. Free HBO. Free. <laughs> yeah. Cinemax. <laughs> the nudie channels. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you get a you get a 90-day subscription to uh Apple TV. Yeah. I'm, excited, I'm excited to see that plane in competition. I'm excited to see that in the game burning competition. I really am. I oh, mean, yeah. can I say something right now? No. Okay. <laughs> I <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. I'm out of here. Um, I'm I'm getting more and more excited for the game bird. I know, right? I'm I, I, like for whatever reason. Um, I mean, obviously, I love extra and I love the engine. I can't wait to see what it does. But I'm really excited for the game bird. 
I'm like, not that excited for Gen Pro. Like, not not even to talk shit about the Gen Pro. Um, I don't know. There's just there's something about the game bird doing well that's really impressive to me. And it's nice. It's in America. It's being produced in America. I mean, that's that's really cool. Well, yeah. You, you, you should have came to nationals last year when Philip brought the game bird at the end of nationals and he flew, what was that? Uh, flew with the unlimited sequence and everybody was watching. It was great. Yeah. Beautiful to watch. And I was talking to him. He hadn't, I mean, he flew it really well, but he's like, I haven't flown unlimited in however long. And he, yeah, he tore it yeah. up. Man. He tore it up. Good. Yeah. There may be pictures of me sitting in one, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it's comfortable. It's really comfortable airplane. I mean, the interior is not, an extra i think it, it it's it's uh it just needs to be refined just a tad more but um i i really liked it i i i, I always say it on this podcast that i think it's a great airplane and um yeah. if you have a chance go if to the factory pick, if you could pick um you know like the worst aspect of the game bird and again not not from a shit talking standpoint but from like an analytical standpoint of like obviously you you know, you've flown the 200, you've flown 300s, and the, now the 330 SC. As far as like unlimited pedigree goes, is, is there something that would hold that airplane back? Yeah, I, I mean, and I'm not, I'm not one of the top guys by any means, but I just think that when I was flying it, the tail, the elevator, which is really, really touchy, it's really pitchy. Um, and hmm. even with full nose down trim, it was just really funky. Um, not to say it wasn't unflyable and it didn't fly it flew great but it was just really it was this kind of funky i don't think it really needs i mean i'm not an engineer but i don't see it's tremendous the elevators is absolutely big and um i think that was maybe more for freestyle or or doing some stuff but um that's what i would i would want to question philip on is like hey like what's the what's the deal with this you know this elevator here and then aesthetically i think the two place is cool, but the single place canopy on that airplane is just pure sex. It's really nice. It's really good. I don't like, yeah, from an aesthetic standpoint, I don't like the two place canopy. They got to get rid. Of, they got to get rid of that. I don't know if it's just because they needed it for like uh, if the airplane ever rolled on its back or whatever. But you know, like that RV strip across the front, like twelve inches back in the by the yeah. front. Like they got to get rid of that. I think Macha might have or Massage might have. Um, I love that his name is Massage, and now we're correcting it from much. <laughs> I think he photoshopped uh, taking that thing out, and it looked cool. I mean, it looks like an SBAC, and the SBAC is really cool looking too. Well, you can remove the stick, the uh, uh, the throttle, the prop, the mixture controls. You, you can remove all that and just put the single place in there. And it's kind of one of those wow, that that's actually kind of cool. It's yeah, what's your feeling on the game bird, Justin? I'd go fly it, but you know, I'm an aviation whore. I'll fly anything. <laughs> same, same. And I, yeah. I kind of like, you know, it's like, I, it's like, um, we're really due for a, um, an aviation shoe talk. And it's weird that I, that I make the comparison between shoes and airplanes, but, um, I like shoes like fly, for flying. I like shoes, different shoes feel, you know, I have like three or four pairs of different brand shoes that I, I, I like to fly in. And I'm sure most people, have a pair of shoes that they've, they've found that they like to, you know, to fly in. Um, and do you get that, have, that corporate rug when you step out of your airplane every time to change your shoes, like Fred Rogers? Yeah. Red, red, red carpet. Red carpet. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Oh yeah. He doesn't have yeah, a requirement. He doesn't even close the canopy. He just gets out and he's like, he, he goes to like somebody, it doesn't have to be a partner, just some rent deal with it. 
<laughs> yeah. No, it's really cool. Like, um, it costs two ninety nine a month, so it's not cheap. But um, <laughs> I have somebody standing by twenty four seven to hold an umbrella for me. <laughs> the best too, Justin, yeah. is, is he gets out of his extra. And he's such an airline pilot. He'll be like, "I'll take uh sixty two point five ga- pounds of fuel." <laughs> <laughs> He doesn't even tell the guy gallons. I'll take pounds. Where's my catering? We haven't been catered yet. <laughs> we stocked my vending machine. Check the lab. Yeah. Check the lab, please. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Lab has been serviced. Oh my god! I'll take a call. Where's the black? Where's the Where's the fucking first officer? He needs to get the walk around. <laughs> oh my god! Why is the coke yeah. machine talking? I yeah, feel, right. I feel like Mark. Your next Your next helmet should be. The paint scheme should just be like a captain's hat painted on it with epaulets on the ears. <laughs> <laughs> Don't give Todd Lincent lift any ideas. <laughs> show up on my doorstep. Captain Captain Pollard. All aboard. Yeah. <laughs> All aboard. Do you announce that the bulkhead door is closing when you close your extra canopy? <laughs> I do. I give I give everybody um you know the uh, the in flight safety brief. Oh, what's your deal with that? Do you, do you make the announcement when you're on the airplane as a first officer? It it very uh it varies like what announcement? You know, like hey, you know, I just turned on the uh, fasten seatbelt sign. You're all in big trouble. <laughs> it depends on who's flying. Um, I, I, different airlines do it different ways, but the pilot not flying or gosh, I've been on leave so long. I, I almost don't even remember. <laughs> forgot. It might be the person, <laughs> forgot, totally forgot to fly. It might be the person, um, not working the radios. So like the pilot flying might make announcements. So the other pilot can listen to the radio. I think that's how it goes. It's just, it's been a while since I've had to do it, but, um, basically you alternate doing the announcements. Yeah. But don't you fly the bus? Yeah. Yeah. You just push the power button the way it goes. <laughs> basically you, on off you don't do anything you just sleep and play no. sudoku it's so nice uh, what air what do you my justin you're in the airlines right uh don't know what you're talking about <laughs> that's right just kidding back, back to back to carbone <laughs> is that another cinnamon <laughs> i won't mention the name but yes i can't i do fly for a 121 carrier oh nice so anyway, um, <laughs> so you, you've listened to this podcast and I'd be curious to get your take on this. Do you, from like a little bit of an outsider perspective, do you know what carbon is and how serious of a, a topic that is? <laughs> uh, that's an East coast thing. We, we, here in Minnesota, we have carbonies, but, but you know what we're, I'm, uh, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I think it's hilarious, but you know, it's like, I'm, it's a, it's a terrible Italian restaurant that massage goes to, right? That's like two out of five stars. It's, it's. The reviews are scathing. Right. It didn't even get one starred. Yeah. Well, that was on uh, uh, TripAdvisor. So <laughs> we, we, we we refer ourselves to the Yelp reviews. And we find them a little more accurate. But one of the reviews <laughs> called it racist. There was like some racism there. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> Something about a, you know, a pilot, an extra pilot there. <laughs> oh, my God. He had a, a white midwing. <laughs> It was it was some guy that like brought his his watch collecting buddies over there, and then like, a bunch of racial slurs were said. Yeah, it's terrible. A real shame. A real shame. Yep. But do you get crayons with the kids menu? I don't think they. Uh, I think they're all working in the kitchen. 
Well, that, that's why you, that's why they only get one star. <laughs> oh, man. Try their spice. Uh, I think it's the spicy spaghettios is the um, the uh, the go to there. Yeah, sometimes they have the dinosaur shaped, which is really like a special. Oh, those yeah. are great. But oh, and if and if, um, if you want to learn something, you get the ABCs. Yeah, you get the al- alphabet. So you can give it a D minus. <laughs> yeah, you can give it one, one out of five stars. <laughs> No, I just have you. Um, I want to. Um, I want to ask you more about your pits. Sure. I I miss flying the pits. I um, shout out to Jeff Lowe. He lets me fly his S one. Um, and it's a beautiful S one that he races in Reno and um, super fun airplane to fly. And I I that's how I get my pits fixed. But I used to, um, all my time in my formative time in the pits were in the S two B and the S two C. Um, have you found over the nine years of owning it, um any problems as far as um, what the level of what you do flying wise and maybe some, you know, some things like maintenance wise that have occurred over time. Like, I don't know. Um, I'm trying to think of like a random example, like but just I'm recently. I was just going to say, I'm not trying to bait you. I'm just actually uh, curious, like not even that, that topic was standing, but like, you know, broken ribs or um, right. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I've, I've been actually, I have been blessed. Uh, all the prior owners took really great care uh, of this pits prior to me. It, it's probably one of those things I, why I probably will never let it go because it, it's kind of one of those, okay, Hey, you want to date my daughter? All right. Well, same thing. You want to buy my pits? Well, let's do an interview first. <laughs> sure. But it's, you know, I, all the, all the owners took really good care of it. And I, I look at it as more of, I'm, I'm the keeper of history. But, you know, yeah, there, there's things that do break. I mean, my airplane was built in 86 in Afton, Wyoming, and it's got somewhere just north of 1,600 total time. So, yeah, I mean, stuff's going to break. And, you know, last year I actually had a broken rib. And, you know, it it happens. But, you know, it's kind of one of them, well, how are you going to fix it? And because, you know, we fly such aerobatic airplanes, I'm not going to shortcut it. So I got it fixed the right way by the right people um, who are great with woodwork and, you know, I, I'm satisfied with it. That, that wing is, it's phenomenal. Um, it, you can't go wrong with it. it. It's, I love it. Was it a top wing, the top wing rib? Yeah, it was a top wing rib uh, just outside the eye strut on the outboard this, left side. This is so funny. I'm, and I'm not kidding you. I was not, I was not bait. I, for, maybe you had told me about that and I forgot. I, I'm not, I'm not kidding you. I, on my kids, I was not uh, baiting you to get that out of you. I, oh no, it's all good. It's all good. I was legitimately curious about ribs because I've heard some people talk about top wing rib, ribs and, and issues. So that's why I, I was curious because you've, you've owned one so long. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, you know, I won't say it's like rare to talk to a long time pits owner. Um, but it kind of is right. You know, like people kind of, yeah, I mean, I, I, see it, I, very long. I still giggle every time I push that throttle up tail comes off, you know, it's, it's like, Oh yeah, I'm in the pits. <laughs> it's a fun it. airplane, dude. It's a fun, they're fun. Airplanes. Yeah. They have such, they have such incredible feel though. I have this, the little time I have in pits though. I really appreciated it. It's just such an incredible feeling airplane. It really is. Yeah. It's a totally uh, unique airplane. It's great. It's great. But yeah, I mean, stuff breaks, you know, but the nice thing is you got to find the right people to fix it. And that's, that's yeah. the hard part about owning a pits. I'd say yeah. is finding the right people. 
because I, I remember when I first bought it, you know, I, I, I didn't think about it. It was just one of those, Hey, you know, here's this airplane. It's great. I'm at the right time in my life. I can make this purchase. It, you know, asked the family, they said, yep, let's do it. And so we pulled the trigger, flew it around and it's like, Oh, Hey, here's, here's an annual. Let's go annual this. And next thing you know, all these mechanics are like, Oh, Nope, I'm not touching it. It's too complex. I'm like, what? What, what do you mean too complex? No way. I, I, I kid you not. I could not believe it. They, it was scary. One, one guy said it was just, he didn't want to do it because it was too complex. And I said, well, why? What, what do you mean? He goes, well, the inverted fuel, I, I, I know nothing about it. I go, well, it's a weighted flat tube inside the fuel tank. And he goes, oh, well, that, that's simple. Yeah, but the, the oil is too, you know, too complicated. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> it, it's a ball bearing with springs. It bounces around. It's the same you, inverted system in any other airplane. Right. And just kind of wait, you know, the bonanza you have in the back of your hangar that's on jacks is more complicated than my pits. I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm just a J3 Cub with a big motor and an extra wing. Yeah. Well, and I like, that's what's funny is I would, if, if I was going to take a guess as to why anybody would not touch that, touch that airplane, it'd be, Oh, the aerobatic liability. You know, it's like, Oh, you know, I don't want to put my name on something that, is aerobatic right. if, if they're ignorant to the airplane um co- being complex is not something i would have ever thought somebody would say about a pits yep well you yeah. know and the other thing too you gotta remember it, it's a wooden wing and that, that's yeah. kind of one of those dying arts i mean even my mechanic you know when we first looked at it he kind of went hey this is he goes i'll be up front he goes it, it's out of my league and i said all right no problem let's find somebody who can help us out well, that was the hard part, <laughs> but luckily we did find somebody and, uh, yep, it was, it turned out to be perfect. They went through the whole entire wing, pulled the fabric off. Uh, we had everybody in the neighborhood come over with magnifying glasses, I think for about two weeks and everybody looked at it and yep. Couldn't find anything else wrong. And, you know, repaired a couple more gussets, put new fabric on, put the paint and said, come and get it. Jeez. So that I got lucky, really, really lucky. How far away did, did you have you- to, sh- to ship it? I'm just, if you don't want to mention yeah. the name of who fixed it, but what's it? <laughs> um, actually, it wasn't too far. It was actually done by the uh, the Blanca people up in Alexandria, Minnesota. Oh, oh awesome. Yeah, okay. That'd be, yeah, they, they're sweet. I got a, fr- it, it worked out great because I have a friend that's uh, restoring um, a 114 cruiser. So it's the predecessor to the, uh, to the Vikings. Yeah. And, um, oh, it's a pretty airplane. If you ever see a wing with all the fabric pulled off, the, the structure is just, it's gorgeous. Or, and then you're kind of like, of art. you want to put fabric on it? No, no. <laughs> so yeah, he, he, it was one of those, I called him and I'm just like, man, I don't know what to do. And he's just like, Hey, what, what about the guys up here in Alexandria? I'm like, what about them? And he goes, they're great with woodwork. Oh yeah, that's right. So <laughs> I, I called him up. I sent him the photos and you know, I said, Hey, you know, what, what are your, what are your thoughts? You know? And, and I called everybody else. And it was just one of those, it, it's February. How do you fly out to Oregon? How do you fly out to Pennsylvania? You know, it, it's cold. There's no heat, you know, and I got to go out to a coast and a pits. <laughs> You're nuts. Yeah. So yeah. I really, really got lucky on that one. So we pulled the wing off, stuck it on the trailer and on Valentine's day, <laughs> drove it up to Alexandria and, uh, Yep, they they took it off the trailer, and after a couple of weeks, they called me up and said, "Hey, it's all repaired. Come get it." So it's been back on and enjoying the the nice wing. <laughs> How did you discover the the rib? Um, you know, it was one of those. We had nails kind of popping up on the leading edge. Um, I still mm-hmm. have the uh, the original aluminum leading edge on the wings, and over the last probably three years, we kind of noticed some of the nails would pop out. 
And yeah, I'd rather fix it. I want to fix it the right way. So, you know, we cut into the fabric, pulled the nail out, put the newer nail in, and then uh, painted it up. And unless if you knew what you were looking for, you really couldn't see it. And it's on the top wing. So, but this one, it looked like a nail popping out, but we just kind of looked at each other and was like, there's no nails back that far, is there? So when it came annual time, started pulling off the panels and, uh, you know, I was pulling all the panels off and I just kind of went, you know, I got some time. I'll just stick the flashlight up here and wait a minute. That's that, that's not right. And the top of the, uh, the rib was actually bridged up. So that gave that what appeared to be a, a nail popping out of the top, but it was just, uh-huh. it was just the top of that rib poking up and it kind of started pulling the gusset out just half of the, uh, the forward spar. So yeah, I heard all the horror stories about the old gussets and the glue back in the day. And yeah. so, yeah, I just kind of went, Oh, jeepers. What am I, what am I going to do? And it's like, well, <laughs> worst case scenario, I need to get some new wings and e. <laughs> that wasn't a very good price. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, so like you, the pizza community seems pretty tight. Is there like a, uh, a one person that you call up when you see something like that? Like who's the first person who comes to your head when you're like, okay, I got an issue. I'm going to call, uh, you know, X, Y, Z. Who's that guy? Or, I, I or call everybody that will answer the phone. <laughs> <laughs> who's, like, who's the first phone call? Is it? It's my baby. There's something wrong. I need help, please. <laughs> he goes on aerobatic pilots and, you know, says, Hey, I got a problem. Yeah, and that's one of the beautiful thing about our community. I mean, everybody, if, if they don't know the answer, but they can point you in the right direction that yeah. hopefully somebody can help you. So that, yeah. that's what I truly love. I mean, it it's one of those, I remember making all the phone calls. I mean, everybody's got their names and I'm sure they're shouting at me. Oh, call so-and-so. Yeah. Trust me, I called them. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and it's, it, it's tough because when you think about it, yeah, it is a wood structure. It's a dying art. Um, you know, and it really hasn't been passed on. So, I mean, the number of people that I would trust fixing it, 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 you could count it on one hand, honestly, but you know, you want it done right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And the nice thing too, is we had this discussion uh, a couple episodes ago, as far as, you know, what makes an airplane, you know, or an aircraft, a manufacturer or whatever, but you can always call AV. I mean, they're not producing pizzas really, but you can still call the factory, which is, is such a great airplane. I think that adds value to the airplane, to be honest with you. It does. I mean, they are a great help. You know, I mean, they're ever, I even had the impression too, where I'm like, okay, they're, they're like, Cessna, you know, taking up half of the airport in Wichita, you know, and no, it's just a couple hangers in Afton, Wyoming, you know, yep. um, I don't know how many employees they got, but you know, it, it's, I wouldn't say it's like a mom and pop, but everybody knows each other and you know, they're, it they're kind of is almost. Yeah. It, and it, yeah. But it's, it's a great feel of community when you think about it. So yeah, I'm kind of, that's why I'm, I'm happy to be flying their stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm looking at your, uh, I'm just looking at my research here. From uh, our producers, <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and um, I found a picture of you with a helmet. It looks really, really, really cool painted. Um, so, what's the deal? Are you pro helmet or are you anti helmet? Uh, both, actually. Um, or are you, was, so, you're anti your helmet at your agnostic helmet agnostic. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes, it, it, it's very uncomfortable. I mean, I'm 
I'm a snowman. Even when it's 40 below up here, I, I'll still sweat when I go out to go get the mail. So, I mean, it to me, it's very uncomfortable. But, you know, I got the CEPs in, in the pits. I actually have to turn down the radio. So it's not, you know, every time when you jump in uh, somebody else's pits, the first thing you do is you turn down the radio knob because yep. it's all the way up. It's Mine, all the way up. Yeah, not mine. No, because I got the CEPs in there, and I actually I think my volume knob's about halfway up. But yeah. um, what kind of, no, what kind of helmet do you have? Uh, mine's a HGU fifty five. So. Oh, good old. Everybody's got that helmet. It's a good helmet. Yep, yep. So yeah, it was uh, when I when I bought it, it was just straight yellow, kind of boring, and I'm kind of going, all right, I I need something different. So I kind of started searching the internet trying to figure out what to do. You know, I'm, I'm not an artist. So I asked a few other people, I said, Hey, who, who would you recommend? And, uh, actually found a gentleman, uh, Gary Hess is his name. He's actual, uh, professional tattoo artist and, uh, started chatting on Facebook, you know, and kind of went, well, okay, well, what's your experience with helmets? You know? And he's like, Oh, well, you know, I painted Skip Stewart's and Jim Leroy's helmets. I'm like, Hey, all right. Works for me. Oh my God. Mark, um, Mark is getting so aroused right now by you talking about oh. helmets. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just well, like, it, it gets even better because he's then, definitely got uh, like a chubby going on right now. Well, <laughs> I, I asked him, I said, well, that that's pretty good. And he's like, well, have you ever heard of Jeff Gordon? I'm like, well, yeah, I think so. Yeah. He's NASCAR or something. And it turns out that Gary's like really, really big into the NASCAR. And he painted a lot of uh, Jeff Gordon's helmets uh, back in the day, I guess, when he was racing. I guess he was a popular race car driver. I don't know. I don't follow NASCAR very much. But um, <laughs> so we started talking pretty good. And, um, you know, it turns out that uh, after I sent him the helmet, he's like, hey, got your helmet. You know, what does your airplane look like? So, you know, I sent him pictures. And and I, I said, why don't you come up with something? Surprise me. Don't go over the top. You know, just you know, something reasonable. You know, I said, you're the artist, you come up with the idea. So then we started talking and it turns out that his dad actually flew an S2A and he's actually a, uh, a famous uh, air show pilot, Leslie Hess. Uh, Most oh, people probably okay. have never heard of him. Um, the really neat thing is, is that he, he flew until I believe age 67. Um, oh, him cool. and another gentleman, I can't remember his name now. They were the first two pilots to tie their eye struts together and go fly a routine in the pits. No shit. So, yeah. Wow. So he, he's very, so Gary's very familiar with, um, uh, with the pits line. So I sent him the pictures and I was like, yeah, okay. Yeah. You know, the running gag, the whole Batman thing. And yeah. Okay. If he can mix that in there with that. And so I said, yeah, surprise me. So he, he took it and he ran with it. And one day he said, Hey, your helmet is coming your way. Let me know what your thoughts are. And, uh, it was like Christmas day. <laughs> I opened it up and I just kind of went, I, I was in tears, honestly. It, it was, it was more than what I actually thought. I, I couldn't believe it. That's all. Awesome, it is so over the top. It really is. I mean, there, there's so much detail. Photographs don't do it justice. I mean, there's, oh, he's got three pits logos, ghost painted, through the whole thing on each side. Oh my God. Um, the, there's a stripe that looks like carbon fiber. That's all hand painted. Mark on a scale That's of one cool. to 10. How excited are you about this conversation? No, I was just about to say, I fucking love this shit. <laughs> <laughs> you, you need a moment. No, keep, 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 uh, I love it. No, keep going. <laughs> He's close. <laughs> don't stop. Don't stop. <laughs> so 
I don't know. I was just I was focusing in on Mark's heavy breathing. What kind of um? What kind of, <laughs> <laughs> what kind of um? What do you call that? Uh, hearing? Do you have in that? I know you got CEPs, but do you have like Bose in there or or? Nope, I just got the standard uh, headset that came with it. No uh, and R or anything. Nope, nothing special. No, now you're dis- now you're just disappointing, Mark. <laughs> oh no, you, you dropped that visor. That's amazing. You dropped that visor down, and it's a lot quieter than with the visor up. So, isn't it so nice having a visor and not having to wear sunglasses? What? It's but the best. see, it is. But I wear glasses, so my glasses get in the way every time I. Oh, uh, that's visor. a problem. Uh, can't you wear? Yeah. Oh, wait, do wear contacts now. Um. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> problem solved. <laughs> Gee, why did I think of that? I, I I tried that. I had a bad experience when I was a kid when I tried on contacts. So yeah, it just I, what, yeah. What, I, you walk off a building or something? <laughs> no, I, I actually I almost passed out. Jesus! <laughs> All right, it was it was actually really funny. I mean, uh, I was sitting in the doctor's office and they're like, "Okay, hey, here's your new prescription." And I was like, "Hey, can I try these things called contacts?" And they're like, "Okay, yeah, no problem." And gal came back and she goes, well, you know, we don't have anything in your prescription, but would you like to try this pair on? I'm like, okay, sure. Let's do it. So she dropped it in my eye and then my eye just, both eyes went spastic. She just kind of went, oh my God, I've never seen anybody blink their eyes this fast. Holy shit. Are, are, are you okay? And I was in a cold sweat and I'm like, what's going on here? This isn't right. And started panicking. And she's like, just, just calm down, relax. And I'm like, I am relaxed. What's going on? <laughs> yeah, man. But I'm looking at your helmet. It's badass. I never noticed it to be honest until now. Oh yeah. There, there's a lot of details in there. And I'm even after all these years of owning it, I probably cannot find all the hidden details in there. I mean, it, it, it's great. So do you wear, you wear a helmet it, when you, anytime you fly aerobatics or just when you're doing like an RSC sequence or something like that? Like what's your, every time I fly the pits, the helmet comes on that a boy. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I've heard all those horror stories. You know, if the canopy has to come off, it's going to hit you in the head. Yeah. Others are like, well, it's not going to hit you in the head. And I'm kind of like, well, I'm honestly, I'm not worried because uh, even what was the last podcast, you know, you guys mentioned uh, Sean Tucker's bailout. Yeah. You know, and I remember hearing him, yeah, you know, the, the pits gave him a couple send-offs, you know, and yeah. kind of went, that's going to hurt. <laughs> yeah. That's no. on, um, if you haven't seen that, it's on YouTube and mm-hmm. uh, yep. it's his, his little, like, I don't know if it was, a, you know, webinar before it was a webinar, but um, it's, it's kind of, riveting is probably, you know, probably the wrong word, but it's certainly um, eye-opening and a little sobering. And that was one of the ones where I was like, shit, probably should start wearing a helmet. Right. Um, it makes sense when you think about it. Yeah. Yeah. And the pits, you know, the pits canopy too. Um, I I've had it, uh, come off in my hands a couple of times. Like I used to fly a clapped out S2C. I mean, fl- like a flight school S2C that had just been, you know, basically it was like the San Quentin pass around. Like everybody had, <laughs> everybody had a turn, you know? And, um, Petro wouldn't know this, but like, uh, you certainly would, Justin. Is you know the little the that like um, white the white bushings that hold that hold into the rail uh, right, on the, the two sides. Yep. The nylon, yeah, the nylon uh, bushings. Um, that that little channel was elongated, 
just from wear and tear and people, people opening, you know, the canopy before it's fully unlocked, you know, right. Like you got to pull it back. Um, and so it just got warped and stuff like that. So I had the canopy come off of my hand a couple of times. And I remember just thinking like, you know, if, if the lock latch didn't latch, right, that, that metal, uh, the framing of the canopy that's coming right into the middle of your face, you know, and that, that does happen on those pizzas. The, that latch does, slide over to the left and all it does is just a little bump aft and off goes the canopy. I mean, we, we actually had it happen once at our contest. So, you know, it, that, that piece is probably more important than all the other pieces. So you really have to watch that. And yes, I have replaced my canopy and I have replaced that darling piece. So yeah, (laughs) it's funny because the extra, you um, like Patty Wagstaff had the, like the the metal lug, I think it was on. I think it was the front. Like there's like three lugs that the the canopy lack. You know when you close the canopy, it it goes into these these like metal, you know lugs. Yeah. I, it's like a male female type of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, she had one actually. It's like a piece of metal with a hole in it or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she had that that I think the front one break. And then had to get it like rewelded or whatever. But um, other than that, like the extra canopy system is really simple. The pits canopy system is super complex. And um, granted, you know, you pre-flight, you pre-flight the extra canopy, just like you pre-flight an extra, just like you would anything else. But um, I spent a lot of time during my pits days of pre-flighting that, that mechanism. I'd, I, I never spent really any time on any other airplane opening and closing something and watching it before I flew it until I uh, started flying the pits. And I, 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 the, it was the first thing I do. Cause naturally you kind of, you know, you approach the airplane, you probably open the canopy and check that the mags are off and kind of look inside, throw your shit in there. Um, but I would, I really would, I, I would approach the airplane. It was always closed. Um, maybe it wasn't latched, like pushed forward and latched, but it was always down obviously, but I really would, I'd sit there and I'd open and close it a couple of times, um, and lock it and just kind of look at everything. Um, just cause you never knew with that. It was a kind of a complex setup. Yeah. Uh, I've seen, canopy. I've seen other pits drivers, especially the, uh, the S two A's B's and C's they they've got like a little, I wouldn't say like a shoelace or maybe a bungee that kind of goes around that knob just to hold it closed. So it doesn't come open in flight. You know, and I, I've been warned about it and they're kind of like, it'll happen. And, but you know, I just change that piece. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if it's cause there's like a, um, it's like, it's spring. It's like spring loaded, closed and open that like knob. And I wonder if maybe that spring wears out. Um, I don't think there's a spring. Is it not it's a spring? A, no, it's friction on the darling piece. So it's kind of like a, oh. a little swoop. Uh, with a knob at the end and then yeah. uh, once it's all the way off to the left, uh, you're able to pull it fully aft. So my original darling piece on there, it, uh, you could tell that a couple times it wasn't fully latched and that, uh, the knob on the knob where you move it back and forth, it caught on it and it, you know, it, it, it dragged some, uh, some markings over the top and it yeah. actually broke. So I only had maybe about a fourth of that pin actually being held in on the darling piece at one point. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was at that point. I kind of went, you know, maybe we should replace this. (laughs) It's time. Yep. (laughs) 
And so far, I, after that, I haven't had any problems or any issues, but you know, I, it's one of those, it, it's a wear part over time. Yeah. It's going to wear out and yeah. I, I'm sure I'm going to have to replace it. That's fine. Yeah. No, it's just like, yeah, it's just one of those things. It's a, it's a, a pitism. Yeah. Yep. Is that what started you, Mark, with like always like making sure canopies were closed? Because I always see a comment on Facebook like, fucking, your canopies open, go close it. It was. I tell you what, the pits was the first, my first. I So I've never had a uh, knock. I'm going to knock on wood right now. Okay. Knock on wood. Um, I've never had a canopy issue like that. Um, well, maybe I'll take that back. I've had canopy issues. I've never had to, sh- I've never had one shatter. I've never lost a canopy out of my hands. I've had the pits canopy come off into my hand three times. I've had the pits canopy. Um, so on the top wing, there's a little, um, Justin will know this, uh, very well. Stopper. When you, the little stopper, when you open the canopy and it, it'll rest open, um, on the top wing, there's a little stopper, like a little metal, you know, bracket with a piece of like, you know, hose tubing or some shit on there. Um, whereas the extra right has that nylon strap that keeps it open. Um, I've had that, you know, just, you know, if you, if you slam open the pits canopy against that thing, it'll just bend over time. And then there's going to be a time where you open it and the canopy is going to go past it. And I had the canopy go past it. Um, and I caught it. This pits was like just getting beaten up, huh? Telling you, dude, this thing was blood in blood out San Quentin. Like, <laughs> you got lucky. You got lucky because typically when it goes past that stop, it'll break the uh, the aft um, oh, piece, you know, where yeah. you're sitting, and then it'll rotate 90 degrees, hit the trailing edge of the right wing, and then yeah. it'll snap the front one. And now you need a wing kit. No, it's literally, kit. it's literally like the way those things fail is exactly like you described it. It's it's like a calamity. I mean, it's almost like they designed it. Like how how can we make this? super entertaining for everybody else around and traumatizing for the person that did it because it, <laughs> it doesn't just come off easy. It does it exactly like that. Um, and luckily I was able to, I, it went, I felt it go past as I was kind of, you know, when you open a pits canopy or a two seat pits canopy, you open it and then you kind of like gently rest it along, you know, that you hit that stopper and then you kind of hear the stopper rubber rub against the canopy. And then it, then it stops making that noise. And you're like, cool. Um, as I was getting there, I felt the canopy kind of go and I was able to grab it as it went past and it didn't unlock. It didn't come out of the hinges or anything like that. Um, and it didn't, I think it bent that, the, the channel for the, um, that, you know, the nylon, um, right. But, uh, which was easily bent back, but I've had that happen. And then I've had the canopy where I've unlocked it and slid it back. And it's come off in my hand like several times Whoa. it's just come off in my hand. I'm like, what the fuck twice? It was because somebody hit the emergency jettison knob. Um, <laughs> and I didn't know it, you know, or like, you know, the previous pilot had it had, cause it, um, Jeff, if you haven't seen it or you're not super familiar, there's like a black knob and a red knob in the pits and the black knob is normal operation. The red knob is emergency jettison. Oh, jeez. And there's a front knob on the left side of the canopy um oh yeah yeah it's like it a is, little like a uh, gumball almost kind of yeah looks like a, like a red gumball and it, it all it does is like you know you pull that open and it like there's it's just a pin in a hole and it allows it to come off the you know come out and if you hit that 
as you're, you know, whatever, get, you know, maybe something gets caught on it. I don't know how you, ha- how you hit it, but it's um, up there a ways. It's up there a ways. Yeah. Uh, but I've had that happen where it's come off of my hand a couple times. Um, Jeez Louise. Luckily on the extra, I had the canopy come off on a student where like, you know, if you don't open the canopy, right, it's so vulnerable. The pit, the extra canopy, if you open the canopy and gesture forward, just a little come right off. Yeah. Just a little bit. Yeah. I had that happen a couple of times. Yeah. It'll come right off. And, um, had that happen and the, the guy kind of caught it. Um, the front hinge hit the wing. Um, didn't do any, luckily didn't do any damage, but it kind of stuck there and I was like, don't move. (laughs) I'll come help you. Um, that canopy is kind of heavy. Oh, so I kind of understand why you're so kind of crazy about canopies now. Yeah, it's it's you one of a, my. You had a lot cap into it, jeez. It's yeah, never uh, never get an arm's length away from an open canopy. No. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and especially um, knowing how much they cost and how vulnerable they are, I'm like, well, awesome. this airplane's meant to take, you know, plus ten, minus ten uh, in the extras case, and yet this canopy, which costs, you know. Did, uh, we, did uh, we ever uh, find out if Todd's canopy is still alive? I don't know. Poor guy. I I hope he is. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I hope he is too, because I'm going to need you know color match tinted canopy when I smack mine. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like they're so expensive and they're so vulnerable, and the extra is so vulnerable. Like yeah. that nylon strap makes me nervous every time I open the canopy. I'm like this nylon strap, which I replace every annual. Um, you're not, it's not in the book to do it, but I'll just order new cause they're, you know, they're 30 bucks or something. Yeah. And I'll just replace it every annual. Cause man. Um, and I have a, I even have a canopy policy, a canopy clause in my insurance policy. Like that's how much I'm, I'm anal about <laughs> the canopy. Yeah, dude. Now I hear you. Um, and expensive. It's kind of one of those. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of one of those things too. Like in the, you know, it's, it's weird. Like outside of the teaching world, you wouldn't think of it as a big thing, which because it's kind of not uh, in a lot of ways. But in the teaching world where you have multiple students coming in and going and, you know, I'm not out there babysitting these airplanes and they're just opening and closing the canopy. So it's like, OK, they really early on have to be taught canopy etiquette. I mean, it's legitimately like, <laughs> I'm, our first lesson today is going to be canopy etiquette before you even go touch that thing. <laughs> Don't touch that thing until we talk about it. <laughs> Don't um, even look at it. Don't breathe on it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and that came from, um, we had an extra 200 at the flight school and that canopy shattered twice onto the wing. Uh, oh because my somebody God. Like, Ooh, I want to see what's in here. This is look, this looks nice. And they would just, again, they'd open it, push the canopy forward right off the rails. And that thing just Ugh. right onto the wing shatter. And so, yeah, it, you know, it's funny what you get taught. And what you hold on to is like a hot button and the canopy is definitely a hot button. Yeah, man. Uh, or I, I can't let it go, which is fine. Yeah. Um, it's, it is what it is, but yeah. And, and you know, the canopy being vulnerable is, is what started that, that started me on my path, like the helmet path for sure. Right. Um, especially that, like the pits, you, you know, you sit in the back seat of a pits whether it's an S2 or sit in the single seat S1, the way that the, the panel is stamped, you're like, you're looking at this, this canopy rail and you're like, okay, that's going to smack me right in the face and break my nose and split my head open. And then if that doesn't do it, I'm going to scalp myself on the panel. 
Yeah. Like, it's, okay. It's, just sheet, these, it's all sheet metal. I mean, yeah, <laughs> it doesn't sound fun in any sense. So like, yeah. Yeah, man. Anyway. <laughs> so that's why, again, you're crazy. You <laughs> hey, I got a good question for you. <laughs> I sound like that Will Ferrell character from SNL. Hi. <laughs> yeah, so I got a question. <laughs> no, I can't even say because I'm just gonna sound like an idiot. Um, <laughs> if the was the moon made of cheese, I say, no ribs. Would you eat the moon if it was made of ribs? <laughs> That's what it was. <laughs> Would you eat the moon if it was made of spare rib? It's not rocket science. <laughs> All right, we might Wasn't well- he interviewing Jeff Goldblum? <laughs> <laughs> right, dude. Whatever. Uh, we're, we're, we're so ADD. I'll just ask questions. So anyway, <laughs> Justin. Yeah. Um, a question that we like to ask a lot of people is, because um, Mark and I are obsessed with aerobatics and kind of like the heyday. And um, even though him and I knew, you know, we weren't really around, who's like, who would you bring back from the 80s or 90s? Who would you want to bring back and, and see fly, even if uh, it's an opportunity today to, uh, to do it. Like who kind of inspires you or who do you like watching on YouTube and all that crap? Oh my goodness. There, there, there's a whole long list. I mean, he, obviously John and Linda Morrissey, I'd, I'd love to see those two fly. Yeah. Um, That's a good one. Oh my That's a really good one. That is actually a really good one. Oh yeah. Yeah, uh, Jerry Mulder. It, it, it's great to see him still flying, but that's more of an air show. I'd like to see him something, you know. And yeah, the Sukhoi routine. Uh, you know, watching him fly the Sukhoi was great. Um, oh my yeah, gosh, Sukhoi is just such a great airplane. I wish more people would. Uh, I hope they don't all get shipped out to. Uh, it seems like a lot of them are going over to to Eastern Europe again. Yeah, but um, anyway, uh, love to see Gene, Gene Susie fly at Pitts again. That'd be neat. Oh my god! All the guys you're giving the you're giving some fucking top ten <laughs> answers here. I am so impressed. Jesus. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I, watching Gene fly his routine now is really fun, but I'd like to see him in a higher energy airplane. Well, he did fly the the extra there a couple times uh, for yeah. air shows. Yeah, I didn't get to see the chance to see him fly that. Though. It was always with the Eagles team. Yeah, but you know, yeah. still, it, love to see him fly the S one. Ah, that'd be yeah. freaking incredible. I don't even think there's any video of him flying the S1. I don't know. I, I, I haven't seen any. Yeah. Those teams are so cool. You know, it's like the, the Red Baron team. Um, and um, gosh, um, who else? Like, so the, uh, what was Gene's team? Uh, was it? Um, Red Devils. Christian Eagles. Yeah, it was the Red Devils and then the Christian Red Devils. Eagles. Yeah, Red Devils. You know, That's who another one. you know who would be great to come back? I mean, it's such a, a long shot, but it would be Kermit Weeks. Yeah. Oh, there you go. I mean, yeah. that guy, there's actually some video of him who <laughs> really well and uh, did really well. And um, I know he's got a, a Buker or a Booker, however you pronounce it, down in uh, Florida that's ready to go. He was talking about flying it, I think. And uh, that'd be great to see him start flying aerobatics again. You know, rusty Dude, stuff. He still has. He still has his pits. Really, it's in pieces. Yeah, yeah. The the week special. Yep. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, yeah. It's what, Hurricane Andrew. Yeah. That'd be great. Yeah, it tore it up pretty good, but I think um, they, there's, vid- there's videos of them flying it though. Yeah, yeah, there was like the Hilton Masters or something that they. Uh, yep. But my all time favorite would be uh, Leo Loudenslager to come back. I'd love to. Obviously, he can't because he's passed away, but he he was incredible. 
It's really you guys watch that that video on uh, it's on Hulu, I think. Maybe it's on Amazon Prime. I should look it up real quick. Um, but it's got a lot of flying a Leo and um, some of the greats from back then. And I forgot when it was made, but like, oh my god, watch just hearing him talk about how he flies. You're just like, holy shit, man! Another level. So he's cool. just got extra yeah. chrom- extra chromosomes. Will never be there. He's just incredible. <laughs> the the like. I think he invented like the if he didn't invent it, he was one that that pioneered it along other people and really perfected it. it was like the double snap on takeoff. Like, oh, my God. Yeah. You know who was you know, who was a, there's a really awesome video out on YouTube is um, and I don't have a lot of experience uh, watching him fly. But there's a video of Bobby Yunkin taking a T6 and snapping it off a takeoff, which is like <laughs> fucking insane. A T6. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, it's fucking hard. Oh, it's beautiful. On if you get it, turn up the volume. It's amazing. Yeah, like didn't climb up, didn't dive down, on takeoff, wheels up. Uh, I'll flick this really quick. <laughs> T6. Oh <my> <laughs> Unbelievable. And what, so, Justin, what, is, to- what about like European? Who would you bring back European-wise? Or are you just so American you don't even care? Um, I've never had the opportunity to watch the European folks. Really? You never like just not even like a mammoth, all mammoth stuff still flying? But like, nope. Really? Oh, we got to send you some clips. Oh, please, please. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I've seen Laveau fly a couple times. Met him personally. Who? That, that, uh, Francis Laveau. Oh, cool. Yeah, I remember when? Uh, oh, what was it? Um, actually, my my pits is actually world known, I guess, because of him. Um, what was it? Uh, I forgot what year, but. Um, the whole entire French team, uh, the unlimited French team, took a team photo in front of my pits because I I pushed it out uh, on the Texas line, put it out in the heat. Nobody else has got their damn airplanes out there. And I'm kind of going, well, you know what? Screw it. So I pushed my airplane out there because, you know, hey, why not? It's beautiful looking out in the sun. And uh, <laughs> the French team came walking by. And next thing you know, somebody goes, hey, what are they doing to your airplane? And I turned and I looked and they're posing. And I said, well, well. I'm going to go meet him. And uh, that was the first time I ever got to meet him. That's awesome. Hell of a a guy. Yeah, he's cool. I got to have dinner with him one time, luckily, um, through a mutual friend. And uh, he's really funny, actually. Just funny. (laughs) He's hysterical. (laughs) He's really funny, dude. He probably doesn't remember. Yeah, he's just a really good guy. Normal. Uh, Outside of that, yeah, I really haven't had the opportunity to meet meet anybody else outside the U.S. So I got to tell you, I'm trying to work on it. Yeah, Petro got me onto some some. So I'm just gonna, I, I, I'm not gonna say what this is gonna lead to, but we we were uh we were on a short conference call with Philip Steinbach talking some stuff, and um not to name drop, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, it, no big deal. But <laughs> you, you had mentioned Motegi, and I, I tell you, it was like it was like you had mentioned, like it was like we were in a room. Okay. And you're a psychologist and I'm sitting on the bench and you're like, okay, Mark, think about, you know, I want you to think about this, this time. And you just brought back an entire like obsessive period of my life where like my totally formative years of, of, of learning aerobatics and being obsessed. Like I used to download videos of the, um, um, FAI Grand Prix in Japan. And it wasn't and, like, easy to get those out. videos. It wasn't easy. It wasn't like YouTube where you could just go find it. it you had to like, they had a website. It was, uh, it was in voltage. Fr- yeah. It was in French. I, I yeah, bought can't the get them anymore. No, I, I still have them all. I have all the DVDs, dude. I was oh. obsessed, obsessed, 
obsessed with those. And I, I started going back cause there's like that, you know, like that one, um, that one video and I forgot it's, it's kind of a weird, um, almost like pan fluty type song that's put to one oh, of the, that's right. you know, we yes. all know the video, right? With Svetlana yes. starting up and you know, and yeah. you're just like, Oh Jur- my God. Jurgis is in that one, isn't he? Yeah. Yep. Uh, Jurgis carries in there. Uh, um, Peter Bessonier is in there. Like, dude, like all these, like just greats, you know, that those, I, I bring that back. Yeah. That's all I got to say. Bring that back. Who's, I've been, that was I've been a great video. Dude. That was a great video. I remember watching that for hours. Yeah. Who, oh, who was your same. favorite pilot? Mine was Bessonier. I loved watching him fly Bessonier. The whole that, thing, it, the whole video was just awesome to watch. Yeah. It really was. No, it they, really was. The clips right. that are incredible. Yeah. Dude, I remember Bessonier comes in. I, I'm pretty sure it was Bessonier. Um, comes in off the top of a loop and starts a snap, a series of snaps. And you're just watching. You're just like, Jesus fucking Christ. When is he going to stop? I mean, the rotations were so freaking fast. He must have snapped 15 or 20 times, uh, like on like a 45 down. You're just like, Jesus Christ. Dude. Yeah. Or then he'd like and the audio was great because you could hear, you could hear it cavitating through the audio and the Sukhoi brakes squealing, you know, as it was taxing. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, my favorite was watching Bessonet. I mean, he's got that one tumble that's, he just keeps making it go, but he'd come out of something like on a downline pull and he wouldn't be doing like V and E, but he'd doing every bit of like 180 and just starts, you know, snapping from like 180 to 100. <laughs> oh yeah. His tumbles were crazy too. Cause like, you know, we, we talked about this and we've talked about this with Aaron. Like, you know, we were kind of looking at, um, you know, fatal, uh, air show pits accident and talking about, you know, how, why a shoulder roll is so much safer in air show than, you know, a, a standard, you know, Lam Shavakar tumble and Bessonet would do this, you know, cause you, you go like when you go like, you know, quote unquote left, left, it tightens, right? So it, it aggravates as you go through it. Bessonet would do that. And you would just see these tumbles that would, you're like, okay, he's end over end and it's, it's getting still, more end just, over end somehow. Yeah. It's still going. It's, it's still going. It's not stopping. <laughs> Yeah, he he was man. I don't even know if he's flying anymore, but he, fuck, he was incredible. Oh my god, the guy was just really, really good freestyle pilot. Really, really incredible. Super amazing. Yeah, and um, and those were the, those the, were older. You know, those are three hundred S's. So, I mean, the yeah. control services weren't what they are now. I mean, can you imagine if he had an SC? No, Ooh. it would be incredible to watch them. It really would be incredible to watch them. And it, what's even more incredible is like that really did kind of spawn. Um, the Red Bull air races, you know, you, you watch a lot of that and you're like, okay, the flying under bridges and like, you know, these like top performers getting into Red Bull and you're like, that's, oh man, the, the roots were kind of planted. Not, not that Red Bull air racing's an aerobatic display by any means, but you know, you see these guys that were kind of, you know, Motegi was such a display of like, um, you know, so much more than just aerobatics. You know what I mean? Like you're out on a freaking racetrack. Like how long was how long was the runway there? I don't even. It know. was like, it was something stupid short, you know, two thousand feet or some crazy thing. And no, 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 it was um, twelve hundred. It, it, the runway, not the racetrack. The runway was off site on the top of a mountain that was, it was on top of yeah. That was twelve hard roads, twelve hundred feet long. It was so. Yeah. I, I was talking to uh, so I don't want to mention any names, but basically the approach would be you. I don't know how accurate it is. This is like 10 years ago. They told me, but you'd come in below the mountain and then climb up 
<laughs> and then land on top or something. I don't know. It's just, Dude. that's what I remember kind of, I could be way off, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I remember Bessonier, you know, you, there's like that one clip of him. I, like he, he takes off and comes down into the track and then like dips down <laughs> below the gate, you know, below like the fence line of the racetrack and just knife edges it and then goes around the track. And you're just like, what the fuck? Doesn't he, doesn't he also switch the knife edge too? It was like left knife edge, then right knife edge too. Yeah. He's just yeah. fucking, that's crazy. Unbelievable. Total animal. Yeah. And he like, he like skids around it, knife edges around it, like does all this crazy shit. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I've been thinking about that nonstop since, since we talked about that. Cause I had forgotten that Philip was involved. And so like, I, man, those videos like that, that infamous video where like it, you know, fades from black into looking at the uh, the cooling fins of the Sukhoi, you know, and the yeah. music starts. Dude, everybody knows that video. Did you see the other video of the uh, Tiananmen Cave thingy where they fly through the cave? Yeah, through, through the, yeah. <laughs> That's gnarly. <laughs> the best is like, if you watch it again, watch the pilot's faces like when they're going through it the first time. I think it was uh, Bessonet. You watch his face going into the cave and he's like, total pucker factor, right? As soon as he cleared, oh, he's yeah. like all smiles. He's like, oh, I made it out of life. <laughs> And that's kind of what I mean, like about being like a precursor to Red Bull, like this, like exhibition, like back then, like all the flying under bridges and like, you know, Yurgis carries like flying under bridges, inverted, like low bridges. And then like, you know, outside pushes up and, you know, tumbling and snaps and all this crazy stuff, like where you just see this like exhibitionism, you know, the best like, we don't have that. Anymore. If you, well, the Yurgis Kairos one. I don't know if he had to like get in between bridges to do that one bridge or whatever, but it was a half flick to invert it. It's like, all right, yeah. well, let me make this a little more complicated for myself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's cool. It's not cool enough already. Let me, let me just half snap it. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> Unbelievable, man. Yeah. They were really pushing, really pushing limits there. <laughs> yeah. yeah when we were talking about golden age. Like if I did, if I, if I couldn't pick a U.S. golden era, that's my golden era for it it might actually top any us golden era for me like i think 85 85 to 96 that's like i think that's the heyday i mean i'm just gonna spitball in here i can do a little more reading uh on what the exact dates were but yeah once the sukhoi came out and then Mm -hmm. and then that kind of spawned you know mudry to get their shit in order and they they came out with the 231 and you know it was just like a lot of like airplanes coming out the mil- the military teams were in full force i mean the french are still in full force but you know a lot of the other military teams were going and it was just a lot of action a lot and there were a lot of good pilots it wasn't like you know a third of the field could fly and two thirds can't um like you had 50 people show up and 40 could fly it was all stars yeah incredible can you imagine yeah. can you imagine showing up to like the 96 walk in oklahoma and being like, all right, the Russians are here. There's six fucking amazing or whatever pilots there. There's the French show up. There's another eight pilots there. And, you know, you got Bessonnier and Kairos and Boriak and all these. Like, it's just like, incredible. Who's who? Yeah. And, you know, so um, this might be a good question for Justin or a good topic for Justin. And um, I don't know how much you can talk about this. So we'll see. Um, t- teams. I want to talk about teams. Okay. Um, going back to that, like those heydays of like, obviously you see the teams are bringing the best of the best, right? Not to be super cliche and say best of the best, but like, uh, you know, all these countries are curating their teams for worlds. 
Um, what are your thoughts on how the teams are selected now? And I feel like it should be almost like, like football is now, you know, um, you're, you're head hunted, you're scouted, you're selected, you're recruited, you're draft, you know, whatever, however, you know, um, but more of a, more of a, of a selection than just scoring per se. What are your yeah, thoughts? It's, you know, it, it, it's tough. You know, I mean, there, I don't think there is a, a set rule that we can go, Oh, you know, Hey, this is how we're going to do it. Carve it in stone, you know, but it, to me, it seems like we're all, the IAC is always changing the criteria, you know, going, Oh, Hey, this worked better. You know, let's try this. And I get it. We, you know, we need to try more stuff, mm-hmm. but you know, you always have, you know, you place all that emphasis on nationals. Okay, great. Yeah. Cause you know, that's majority of the people are there. Your best judges are there, but Jeepers, what what happens if you got somebody who's just, you know, a shit hot stick and then, you know, you can't make it, you know, because, you know, the airplane broke or they're sick, you know, why can't they be on the team? But, you know, it, how do you be fair to everybody? And unfortunately yeah. now it's just kind of one of those, the, the, the numbers are not there anymore, you know, and I mean, you could probably show up <laughs> at, at nationals for unlimited team selection with a 152 arrow bat and go, Hey, here I am. <laughs> I want to be part of the team. Well, that's well, congrats. You're on the team. So why do you think you almost, what you almost could do that. I'm not in a 152, but like you could almost not compete. Show, and if you're good, show up at nationals for team selection and make the team. Right. Right. But then, you know, what happens to that one person that, you know, couldn't make it out because something, you know, the airplane broke or they, you know, they were sick or something happened. You know, it's it's kind of one of those, well, we need to explore the options. I, I'd love to see it because I know there's more talent out there than some of the people, you know, competition's not for everybody, but I know there's some great stick pilots out there that should be on the team, but how do you promote those people, excuse me, to, to even try out for the team? Yeah. So it's, it's so, there, so there really touching. is no simple, so easy answer. Yeah, that yeah. really touches situation because we were talking about this too a couple uh, weeks ago where, you know, you get eight guys, you know, so you get 20 guys to go to nationals for whatever advanced or limited and top eight make it. But, you know, to, to say like the uh, last three slots are undecided, you know, what do you say to that guy that, that just made the team? It's like, hey, you made it, but you didn't. Right, right. You know, you know, I. It's, it's tough. You know, I, I mean, even then, you know, calling the alternates up, you know, going, Oh, Hey, guess what? <laughs> you're, you're going to worlds now and yeah, be prepared. You have less than six months. It, it's kind of one of those, Oh, you can't do it financially. Uh, you know, how do you go up to your boss and say, Hey, look, by the way, <laughs> I'm going internationally here in about three more months. Yeah. Why do you, yeah. it's, it's tough. why do you think that the unlimited category has seen a, uh, a pretty significant decline at nationals? You know, that's a good question. I really don't know what the answer is. And I know everybody else has got their own theories and whatnot. And I I don't know. There's really, there's no easy way to answer that question. Yeah. And would you bring back, I think there's an element. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Would you bring back that 200 horsepower rule to advance, Justin, for the team? I think it'd be entertaining. I think it'd be great. I think I'm pro. I'm pro to, t- and it's so, it's, <laughs> it's so weird to hear that from me, right? But yeah, I'm pro 200 horsepower rule. <laughs> I really am. I honestly would love to see it. 
I'd, I'd like to see, I, it'd be cool to see. Yeah. Because you know what? It, that's the advanced category. And I'm not, I hope I don't sound like a dick to, to people that don't agree with this. I'm just, I'm just trying to be honest and just share my opinion here, but the, the advanced category, when that rule kind of got let go and all, all the high performance monoplanes had free range to take on, you know, take over all those team spots, you know, it, it really diluted the category a lot and made the, and then eventually the sequences got a little crazy and that 200 horsepower rule and not to say you couldn't fly advance at regional or nationals. You just weren't allowed to be on a team, you know, with the you know, with like a, well, they didn't have SCs at the time, but you get what I'm saying. Um, yeah. But it really kept everything in check with that and the sequences in check. And then once that 200, whatever horsepower rule went away, there was a, I just, I feel like there was a, a tremendous shift and a, a big change in that category. And I think it had a negative effect on the unlimited category. I think it kept a lot of people from moving up that, you know, they could be on an international team at that point and they're in a high performance airplane. And it really, di- not diluted. It, um, it just, it, it fucked up with the unlimited category. That's, that's just my opinion. Well, even years past, what was it? I remember when I was still in sportsman, you know, hearing the unlimited pilots going, oh yeah, I'm in limited because it's easier than advanced. And it just kind of, it, it blew me away when I first heard it and I didn't understand it. But now, you know, kind of looking back at some of those sequences, you, you look at nationals and world advanced and you're kind of going, wait, that that's more per- pushing than what the unlimited folks are doing. It, it, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. It's that's a big, design. it's a big jump now from intermediate to advanced and I don't know. It's almost like I don't think they're ever going to be able to get rid of that advanced category that we have here in the IAC with um, with respect to making a team and prepping them right for worlds. But it's almost like they should have like a category in between intermediate and advanced. Oh, definitely. It, I mean, it. I think this discussion has been going on in the IAC for 50 years at least because it, it, it always comes up. It's always the topic. You know, and everybody's always going, Hey, I got, I got the solution. And you know, it, we try and sometimes it works. Sometimes it don't I totally get it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well you heard Mark and I are a solution, right? I'm trying to remember that one. It's the, uh, Refresh my memory. <laughs> we're going to, that's where we go to Carboni's and they, you know, or, you know, yeah, this is, ask Mishaj what he wants. This is the uh, round table talk at Carboni. um no we were we're we're gonna bring back wwf title belts for trophies oh that's right right. (laughs) i hope somebody does that at a con i'm not i'm not really involved in my job there (laughs) summer slam (laughs) (laughs) oh my god just kidding. Do you think, dude, I would get, if that was the case, I would go all out. I would go get like a Hulkamania costume, get, you know, open up no, the canopy. And just, dude. Yeah. I just fucking get out of my cockpit and just tear my shirt off. This, you can see my blubber of a yeah. hairy belly come out. Do you smell <laughs> what the Petro is cooking? <laughs> show, show up to Nationals, throw the canopy open, fireworks are shooting out. Oh, yeah. yeah. My canopy is in pieces on the ground and I'm crying. <laughs> Hey, but your so, intro was great. What was the Hulkamania song? America or something like that. Um, I am a real American. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I feel like Mark would be the ultimate warrior. He'd have the face paint on and the armbands. So <laughs> I want to With be China. And I feel like I'm getting like the Jake the Snake type of vibe from Justin. Oh, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> 
Who would you I be? Like that. Who would be Razor Ramon? Holland, Rob Holland, Razor Ramon. That'd work. That'd yeah. work, right? Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, that'd work. And yeah. Kirby Chambliss be Roddy Roddy Piper. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Oh, it's God. so much more entertaining, right? I mean, look at look at uh, yeah. look at how much I would go to. Would you not go to a contest where that that was going on? I would go only if you autograph my uh, baseball card. I would definitely autograph. <laughs> like I'd be I'd be the league leader in zeros. <laughs> Hey, those are scores too. Come yeah, on. No. <laughs> oh my god. But that'd be funny. Yeah. Justin, yeah, you just on the unlimited thing. Yo. I'm curious. Um, do you think there's an element of how do I how do I want to phrase this? Um a level of pointlessness to unlimited? You mean meaning trying out for the team? No, so that's exactly what I so on that note, if you're if your goal, if your aspirations are not to make the team, how relevant is unlimited to a pilot? Meaning the 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 level of commitment. I mean, now let's face it, you have to have a monoplane uh if you're gonna be on the team. You have to have financial means um to get your airplane to whack. The time commitment. Um, the financial commitment just to fly your airplane, uh, coaching and all that stuff. Um, is there much relevance to a pilot to just simply compete and unlimited with zero aspiration to make the team? I mean, doing a lot of the regional contests, especially in the mid-America region where I'm at, um, it's tough because a lot of the unlimited pilots, yeah, they, they'll call and go, hey, is anybody else going to be there flying unlimited? If not, I'm not coming. And I'm kind of like, I never liked that because what would be the motivation? This, that? Right. Right. And it's kind of, them. we all have this passion. I want to see you fly. Why don't you come on out? You know? And there's, there's a few of the unlimited pilots. They could care less what the unlimited uh, team selection is. They just want to fly the sequence and have fun, you yeah. know? And I'm kind of like, Hey, hooray, let's, let's keep that going. But, but that demographic it, must be really small. I mean, in, in terms of oh, like, it's, um, you know, and, and half of the guys that don't care about team selection are guys that have been burned by the team, <laughs> Not right, to be shitty, right. but, uh, right. yes, yeah, I mean, yeah, the truth. I mean, whether, you know, you whether know, it's I, their fault or not, but something happened right. you know. yeah, one way or another, something happened and, um, their, their aspirations of being, or they don't have any aspirations of being on the team. They were either on the team or they're not, you know, there's, there's something going on there to where they can't, they refuse to be on the team. And I guess that that was my question is like um, if there's dwindling numbers in the unlimited category, is it because that if unless you're willing to it's almost like, you know, becoming a professional in a sport, like what's the right. point of doing unlimited or, or, or trying to achieve unlimited um, unless you're going you're going to go full bore. So if, if your idea is like, well, I don't care about making team uh, the team, I'm not going to commit to that. I'm not going to buy a 330 SC. I guess I'm just not going to compete on the limited. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's tough. I mean, when you look at that sequence, you know, you're, you're trying to go, okay, it's all about energy management. And that's what to me, a contest really is, you know, who, who can pull off the energy management the best. It shouldn't be, Oh, Hey, look, I got this 
600 horsepower carbon fiber mono wing, you know, and I can go from the bottom of the box all the way up to the top, still at 200 knots, you know, oh, that sounds it's, sweet. Yeah. But it's, it's not right. You know, I, <laughs> no, I, <don't>. I want to, <laughs> I want to, I want to see somebody at the Satabria competing in the limited. I think that'd be great. You know, and it's one of those, okay, what are we trying to reward? Are we trying to reward the technology in the airplane or are we trying to reward the pilot skills? You know, right. and, and when you think about the demographics of even aerobatic pilots, it we're, we're a minority. It's, it's a dying breed, yeah. but you know, it's, 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 it's too much fun. It's a lost skill. I want to say, mm-hmm. but you know, hopefully it turns around. I mean, I'd love to see, you know, more limited pilots, advanced pilots. I mean, Jeepers it, you know, we got all the, uh, what was it last year? At nationals, a whole bunch of sportsman pilots, you know, it's kind of one of them. All right. Hey, let, let's, let's inspire these people to move up to intermediate and advanced, you know, hopefully unlimited. You know, you know what would get them to move up to inter- intermediate, the sportsman guys? Carbones? Not having a, not having a snap. <laughs> <laughs> Carbones. That was quick. That was good. That was good. Yeah. I, 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 I don't, I hate to say it and not because for any other reason other than the fact that now that there's a snap, uh, and that's official, right, Justin, that's, that has been voted and there's uh, a snap the, board, the board hasn't met yet. I know the sequence committee has sent back up and right now we're just waiting on, uh, uh, a meeting time. Okay. Um, okay. We're going to have to, so it's not official. Maybe we should talk to Mike Lentz and, and beg. It's it's funny, you know. Uh, it, it my like my heart again. This is just an outsider looking in. My heart, heart of hearts, is like I kind of want to not see it in there. I, I'm leaning towards not uh, not seeing a snap in intermediate. Yeah, because moving, you know what it is. Because moving up in category, like when you take them, I don't know about you, Justin, but like when I moved from you know sportsman for argument's sake from sportsman to intermediate, it was a it was like a big thing for me. I didn't care what anybody thought, but for me. You know, it was a big achievement and it made me feel good about myself and that, you know, all this hard work paid off. And I think if you make that progression a little bit easier just for one year, you know, just a tip, just one year, (laughs) Um, (laughs) just see how it feels. feels. I think, I I think it'd be a great experiment, like a Petri dish. I mean, like it's COVID. So it's the first year back, you know, we're all kind of getting back in. Like, why not just test the waters out and see, see what you got? Right, right. Well, yeah. you know, in even in the intermediate category for the known, you need to have a snap. And there's a possibility you might see it in the unknown. Well, you're definitely going to see it somewhere, but my point was if, exactly. if you didn't have like I'm not saying that an intermediate guy shouldn't shouldn't have a snap roll in his pocket to do. Like you need to know the figure. My point is that right. it takes the pressure off them when they go to their first contest of not of being able to like okay, I can get we were talking about this, you know, like a month ago. I can get through to known. I got my free nailed pat and you know what? I could take if I do those two flights good, I'll be in the hunt. And I'll make it through the unknown. I, and if the snap fucks me a little bit, then whatever. But like, at least I'm not going to be dead last, you know? Right, right. Yeah, I mean, it, am I making a believer out of you? Because at first you were like really pro snap, and now I feel like you're turning a little bit. Well, once you go snap, you don't want to go back. <laughs> it, it's so much fun. I don't know, Mark. Do you hear it in his voice? I feel like we're turning him. I, I think so. I think so. And, yeah, and, you know, it's fun. But what's weird that that, what do you that tell element with one fifty two? What are you going to tell him? <laughs> yeah, snap it! I want to see it. 
I mean, that guy's He's gonna, gonna put go- his flap out and protest. Yeah, protest. <laughs> 40 degrees of flap coming at you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, poor. But I guess, does that make it weird though? Because if you see a snap in the unknown or or you're free, I mean, I guess you wouldn't build one if you didn't want one or didn't, if it wasn't in the known, why would you build one in to an unknown? But does that raise problems? I mean, because it not being in the known does not disqualify it for being in the unknown. No, you you have to know the figure. I mean, it's in the catalog. You shouldn't fly a category if you can't fly every figure in the catalog for that category. That's that's right. And for intermediate, the snap is at the apex of a loop. So that's the only time you're really going to see a snap for intermediate. You know, I remember we used to have half snaps on a 45. Yeah. That's ridiculous. That was fun. That was fun. Yeah, for you because you're a good pilot. (laughs) Can you imagine though the guy for the first time? He's like, I can barely snap it. I'm just getting it to snaps. Now I got to pull off a half flick. (laughs) No, I've I've seen it. I actually seen it. I won't mention names. They were flying a 300, and he's like, Oh, I've never done a half snap on a 45. What do I need to do? And I'm like, It's real simple. Just don't forget to push the stick forward when you're done. Wow. (laughs) It was almost like your snap there, Jeff. Terrible. Just absolutely fucking terrible. <laughs> you guys are hard. You guys are hardcore. I'm going home. Scree, scree, guys. I'm going home. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, it's one of those, you know. So you don't want to snap into known now, right? I do, but I don't. What is your official position? I want you on record. <laughs> I have. <laughs> I'm going to put my Judge Judy freaking outfit on. <laughs> Bang my I'm good either way. I'm good either way. I don't yeah. care. Bring it back. Not have it in there. You know, I mean, it is kind of one of those, you know, when the proposed sequence came out, I looked at it and I was like, okay, no snap. All right, fine. And all of a sudden, everybody's like, oh, there's no snap in here. This is horrible. And kind of looked at it and I went, wait a minute. Was- you know, if the wind if the wind was blowing just off of the judge, not straight down the X axis, Hmm. Now, now this is becoming thinking man's game and everybody's mm-hmm. like, Oh no, no, there's no snap. You know, oh, I'm done with this. And I'm kind of going, hold on here. <laughs> but then like, so, do every- you know, what's hysterical. Like, let me just interrupt you right there. So they'll complain about a snap, but then they'll make this freestyle for intermediate. That is so fucking boring. <laughs> but it scores well, but they won't fly. So exactly. Like, that's my point. Like, so like, yeah, you're complaining. No snap. I get it. Like you want to be, you think it should be there and it's challenging, blah, blah, blah. Then make it challenging free. I mean, <laughs> Hey, I I'm all for that. Especially if you're going to be flying in. Right? Mark, am I right? Just, yeah. Just don't I, look at mine. Why? I mean, well, that's the thing is, you know, if maybe that's why they took the snap out, if they're seeing people playing it safe and not wanting to do that, Although then why would you crutch? I, I don't know. Why would you cater to that? That's why like the, free, the freestyle like is great for regionals, but for nationals, it's like you have these guys, especially in sportsmen that have flown the same free for 10 years, literally over yeah. 10 years. I mean, there was a guy I think and that was winning in Denison. I don't know his name. He was in like a cub or something, right, Justin? And he flying that free for like however many decades. Or some shit. Super decathlon. Yeah, whatever. And like all the power to him. Like you flew it good. You deserve the win. And I'm not. My point is, is that it's not challenging to fly the same sequence. And like, if you want to, if you think that the known's not challenging, then you have a freestyle that you can just get your rocks off and make unique to yourself. And it, you know, if you're a good pilot, which I'm sure a lot of people are, then 
make it challenging fly nines even though to figure the sequence might be tougher but you'll get a better presentation and the judges will will see a cool sequence you know right but how much of an element is them not wanting to challenge themselves because they want to win yeah i mean it's like who are you flying for are you flying for yourself or you're flying for the judges right Right. But then like, why complain about not having a snap? Like it should be an easier sequence then. So you should score just as good as you do when you're free. Exactly. <laughs> it, so it's right. The, the, the real, the real thing here is that the snap is the, um, the poster child for intermediate. Like when you think of intermediate, you think snap, right? You don't right. care about anything else. You think snap, but you're going to get a snap in the unknown. That's like my point. And I don't know, you don't need it yeah. in a freestyle, right? No, you need it in the free. So you're going to have to do it in the free. And you're going to do, so instead of doing it in three out of three flights, you're going to do it in two out of three. And yep. so by that logic, well, plus, I, you don't have to have the snap in, in the unknown. You do too. Yeah, four four that rule, right? Oh, well, sometimes there's just not one in there, right? I'm trying to remember. I, I, I got to go back through the books. Oh, whatever. But yeah. I think there's a there's been a few sequences that didn't have the snap in the unknown. So. You know, and that was to coax the decathlon RV drivers up to intermediate. But, you know, I mean, if if you are concerned about your aircraft, but you're like, hey, I can fly everything else else in intermediate. But, you know, there's a possibility that the snap might show up in the unknown. Uh, not going to do it. So, it, yeah, but if you can fly your known and free and you know what the sequences are, then just zero to I, this, this would be my mentality. Cause I'd like to move up. Then like you just deal with whatever snap they throw at you. And like, say it's like an avalanche, right? So you fucking do a roll on top. Yeah. Whatever. And you deal with it. Right. Right. But if you knock out the known and if you knock out the free, especially in a freestyle, you can afford, I mean, guessing that like, you know, 10 snipers don't, you know, show up that are really, really good. And, um, you can afford to throw a figure and still be in the hunt, you know, for the most part. Yeah, you could, but I mean, most people don't think like that. Well, they're like, "Hey, I'm here. I want the first place trophy, and that's what I'm gonna get." Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah, but yeah, very exciting. It's a very exciting topic, as you can tell. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like talking about it because it, it is. It's like kind of like a euphemism for like competition in general. You know, of like why people compete, their mentality. You know, like, and that's kind of why I asked the question about unlimited. It's like. You know, what is somebody's mentality coming into like, what is their motivation to go to unlimited? Right. Well, the snap is like a kind of a crux is or a, a pivotal choice. Somebody's going to make is why am I going to go to intermediate or am I going to go to intermediate or not? And, yeah. And it's like, why not throw a hit? Why not throw an outside snap in advance at this point? Because like you're throwing inside snaps to get ready for advance and unlimited. Why not throw a simple outside snap um, to be allowed in advance to get ready for unlimited? You know what it's I mean? A good argument. Yeah, you, it's a good argument. So that's it's my. Good, but how many times? But like, think about that right now. So say there was outside snaps in advance. How many advanced pilots would not be in advance at this point? I I think a fair amount. Possible. Yeah. So that's yeah, I, I wonder. And like, that's my point with intermediate. I think it's holding back a lot of people having it in the known. I think the outside snap in advance would would. Um, It'd be, that, de- take, it'd be detrimental, detrimental to, to the category. Yeah. Is it allowed in SIVA? No, no, it's not. I mean, France has this, like, 
this their their category system is unlimited excellence advanced i don't know it's some like thing but they have in between advanced and unlimited and i'm probably wrong but i think i'm i know what it is but and it allows like a half outside flick or you know something like low low energy or like a simple type of outside you know negative snap right but um but yeah i don't know i think it'd be cool where are they going to put the uh, the snap roll in the intermediate sequence i forget i don't really have it in front of me I think it was uh, figure one off the P loop, I think was the talk. So, yeah. Mm. But I'm I'm sure it, if it is approved, I'm sure there's going to be people going, oh no, there's a snap and intermediate. How dare they? So, you know. Yeah, Petro. <laughs> can't please everybody. <laughs> Shit, man. Hey, how do you feel about boundary judging, like boundaries in competition? You like them? You hate them? Should they leave? Should they stay? Well, I, I could keep it in the box. I, I, I like him. You like, how, how many outs did you get last year? Uh, at least his guy. 20, 20 outs. <laughs> I lost, I lost a fair <laughs> amount of points. <laughs> get rid of snap. <laughs> so, so like Petra wants, so I want to get rid of outsides. I want to get rid of, um, snap rolls. I want to get rid of boundaries. Um, what, what else could hurt me? Um, <laughs> low calls. No, it's kidding. No, I'm never, I'm never low. I'm never low. <laughs> I'm, I'm never low and I still get low calls. I love it. <laughs> but yeah, like get rid of boundaries. Boundaries like, you know, you ever hear the guy on the radio go out in, in, out, out in. Like, <laughs> yeah, for like a, yeah, a half a second. It, yeah, that, it's, you know, sitting on the judges line, you hear that. They're kind of like, uh, in. you know, you're like, well, okay, hold on. And that's when you need to go talk to the boundary judges. But, yeah. you know, usually it's, it's the volunteers that nobody really knows and kind of like, Oh, here's your bottle of water and some sunscreen and we're going to drive you out in the middle of the field. And that's, you can that's what's fascinating to me is so you can go to like any scores, right? And you go to nationals yeah. and you look at unlimited, right? Any year or advanced or whatever, you can go any category. And some of the first and second places or second and third or third and fourth are decided by like, say 50 points or hundred points. Right. And if you right. look at some of the score sheets, you know, some of those pilots have outs and now you're basically at a national level, you're throwing somebody, you know, on a boundary. Usually they try to do a good job and pick, you know, pilots that may have done it before, but there's really no protocol. So now you have somebody with, could have no experience on a boundary who is basically the deciding factor of who gets a first place national trophy and who may get a a fourth or a third. Right. That, that to me is fucking mind boggling. Yeah, yeah, it is. But you know, you, you kind of hope that they they don't know so and so. No, no, no. I, you know, they judge everybody fairly. Yeah, I, that's the way I. No, I don't think it's like a biased thing. I think it's. I'm, I'm not talking like political like favoritism. I'm talking like if if a guy pulls vertical, you know, does a quarter roll, so he's facing you, and like whatever piece of the wingtip is out, or and it's just and he's lined up a little bit different on a string and he does like one of those like i was saying like out in right just that simple out in right now it's like right so now you look at these scores and somebody you know this could this could be like some like 16 year old kid who's never been to a competition or whatever and they're just they're deciding factor i mean an out in in as you know it could be a lot of points especially in the upper categories so you know it's just that to me is a little crazy because it's a deciding factor and and it's, it's such a variable position on, on how you line up on that string. And, mm-hmm. you know, you get those, I hear it on the radio sometimes and I'm like, Oh, 
Like it's just, it sucks. Oh, trust me. I, I've been to those contests where, you know, I, I flew it. I was the only one that didn't get an out and everybody who got out protested and they were like, Oh, come to find out the sighting device was off. So we'll just throw all the outs off. And I'm like, Oh, geez, thanks. No, you that know? sucks. And, yeah. And then the second round comes out and you're the only person who gets the out and you're like, Hey, is that sighting device still right? Oh yeah, it's fine. Well, how do you know? Well, nobody else got an out except for yeah. you. Well, thanks. You know I mean? <laughs> yeah. And don't get me wrong. I'm not talking about like, again, like if the guy is consistent, like that's great. That's wonderful. But you know, right. we're talking, you know, you could have two high level advanced guys duking it out and all of a sudden, one, one the first guy flew in the morning, no wins, and this guy's flying in like, which is it is what it is. I get it, twenty knot winds, whatever, cross box, and he pulls on the edge of the box, and the wind blows him out of like a hair, and it's just like, right. and now he gets an out. He barely, not barely, I shouldn't say that because that that sounds stupid, but you know, it's just maybe the guy's lined up different, whatever. But now the guy, because some stupid freaking boundary, is in pretty much the same position as the other. I don't know. You see where I'm kind of going with what? it. You have to brief the uh, the boundary judges. You know, I was always told, and I love sitting there when I when I was first starting the competitions. You know, you're like, okay, I'm out here in nowhere. This is boring as hell. This sucks. <laughs> but then you're kind of like, wait a minute, hey, this is cool. This guy's diving right at me. He's rolling the airplane. Oh man, this is cool. Oh yeah, he's he's out. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, you, you have to make sure that you see blue sky. You know outside the but that's box my point. You're like you're a national judge you know what you're looking right. at my point is that like at a right. national level level they're looking for like just people to fill fill a spot and now you have somebody and like the advanced guys going out for the team you're training year round you're spending all this money on coaching you know you're spending a half million dollars on a freaking airplane and now a deciding factor is somebody who's at their first contest who who thinks you're out possibly you know right. what I mean? Right. That's where I think it's yep. a little funky. And like, I don't, I think that we can do away with boundaries to be honest with you. Yeah. I I've, I've heard that argument. I, I mean, even, I mean, you can argue both sides. I get it, but I'm just talking, I'm just trying to create like a dialogue and, and, and a, and a topic of discussion that I think is worth talking about. It's something different. I mean, I totally agree with you. It, it would be neat. I know there are regional contests that just geographically, they can't have boundaries, I've been to a few of those, you know, and yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'll sneak it out. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> but yeah, it, <laughs> but yeah, at nationals, yeah, it, w- it would be nice if we can get a better caliber, uh, you know, of people who know what they're looking Maybe for. Maybe there should be like the a guard? judging exam for boundaries. So, I mean, it's part of the judging, right? <laughs> Yeah. Out? Yeah. <laughs> Any questions? I'm going to create like my own like boundary sighting device at home to practice. Have my son just throw up random objects. I right, throw the frisbee there, Mason. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it's uh yeah, it, there's no right or wrong answer. It, it it's a tough one and I mean yeah. Yeah, I know. Well, what's something that you would like to see different or if you don't want to, or if you think, I mean, not to say everything's, you know, everything can always improve, but um, is there anything that kind of like you've been thinking about that in a perfect world would be better? I understand that things can't change easily and, you know, most of the time money's involved um, to to finance these things. But like, you know, in a fantasy land, like, can you, what would you, uh, what would you like to see happen? I'd like to see more participation, honestly. Yeah. It, it'd be neat to have 
more people just just to try it, you know, to have fun, you know, bring bring the fun back to it. You know, I, you I've always enjoyed it more going to the contest and going, hey, look, I I'm here to have fun. I'm here to support, you know, my friends, my teammates, you know, give them the support. And hey, look, I get to go flying for three minutes. Yay. <laughs> you know, and honestly, those contests are more fun than when you sit there and like, okay, I need to I need the points, you know, and it's just kind of like forget about it. Just enjoy yourself, have fun with your friends and, and go fly the best that you can. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody thinks it's the regionals. I mean, there's a serious aspect to it, but um, it is a lot of fun. And I think people, you know, just try it once and, uh, and you'll get hooked. I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, it's a Mark's going to fly his first contest. Then uh, whenever COVID disappears. Man. Oh, you're coming to Spencer, Iowa for our contest, right? Let's do it. Yeah. Come on. You need to do it. August sixth through the eighth. Mark it on your calendar. Do you guys have a sounds really. Do you guys have a Starbucks there? Otherwise, you won't go. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure we'll find you one. <laughs> I'll go. Spencer will make a nice little design on the top of my latte, like he he showed today oh on Facebook. God. Did that make you not crave like a nice <laughs> nice latte? Jeez, it looked beautiful. Oh my god, I felt like such a jerk too because I was in a hurry. I kind of had to run in there and pick up a package, but I'm like, oh, let me see if I could still do the latte art. So I did it and then I was like, you know, just making, making a joke with some of the staff. And then I got like a phone call and I, you know, I ended up just leaving, but then I realized I like left everything out. <laughs> I was just like, total dick. Hey, like, yeah, fucking Jeff just comes in here and just throws shit around and then leaves. <laughs> so. pilots, man. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, but yeah, you need a red carpet too in Spencer, Iowa. That's right. <laughs> yeah, we'll find, we'll find you one. We'll yeah. find you. We'll find you. <laughs> we'll hook you up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If we, if we can make that happen, I'm, I'm in. That's actually a big contest. I remember a lot of guys flew to that contest a couple of years ago. Oh yeah, we had uh, uh, Rob Holland actually showed up. Uh, he was out practicing, and it was kind of funny because it, it's special to me because I got a flat tire, and the closest tire uh, was uh, from the McCartans. And so instead of FedExing it or UPSing it, uh, I got it Rob Holland and it actually rolled in, uh, in the front seat of his, uh, MX. Oh, nice. So I, I, I got special delivery. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty cool. He's a cool dude, man. I like Rob a lot. Yeah. yeah he's amazing. He's really fun. And he's, he's, he's cool. He's just really cool. Um, but yeah, man, that's a good contest. Um, I got to make it out to California and fly contests out there. Maybe I'll go to the first one Mark goes to out there. Dude, that'd be awesome. Come coach me. <laughs> you don't want me. Trust me. <laughs> there are no. What was that? There, there are no boundaries. <laughs> Fuck snaps. And, uh, <laughs> and here's a lot that he gets you amped. This sounds awesome. Are you kidding me? <laughs> oh, man. Just coming to the box yelling Carbone. Carbone. <laughs> oh, my God. I'll just, I'll, I'll just do snaps on, the, on a 45 down instead of wing wagon. <laughs> oh, there you go. Put the put the smoke on the old smoke switch. Coming in hot, bitches. I wonder if anybody did that by accident, and then you know, obviously they'll see it and then turned it off. I'm sure that's happened. I'm sure. Yeah, just like oops. <laughs> no, you gotta you gotta experience your first contest. It, it, it's fun, and then once you do it, you need to go explore other contests because it's 
they're, everybody's got their own local flavor, you know, and how they do things. Uh, yeah. You know, and that's why we try to make ours special and unique, you know, to show off the, the area. You know what the trick is, sure. is you got to be with like a group of people, you know, too. I mean, it, it, I, that wasn't the case with me because uh, I was like the only one on Long Island flying competition at the time. Obviously, like throughout the years, there's more competition pilots. But when I started, there was uh, nobody really going to competitions. But if you can go with, you know, a group of friends to your to a contest, it's so much more fun. Yeah. Oh, God. Because yeah. then you got to do like yeah. that awkward like first day, you know, like, hey, I'm so and so. Oh, you do you know this person? You're from here. And it's just like, ah, it's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. I, um, you know, was, I, I didn't plan on going because my airplane wasn't back yet, but um. Acrofest in Borrego out here turned out to be a huge turnout. I mean, it was like the biggest sportsman turnout I think they'd ever seen. And it was, I forgot how big the field was, but it was insane. It might've been like 20 people. Um, it might've been more than that actually, but, um, it looked, it looked like a lot of fun. I, I'm, I'm going to try for 2021 to get out and do what's something. In, I don't know what the, wasn't Borrego like one Oh four on the ramp or something like that. It was like, stupid. Probably. yeah, it was stupid hot. That's the problem. So not to, you know, for as awesome, you know, I live in California because I love the weather and I love the awesome, you know, food and wine country and all this stuff. And then these contests are all in the biggest shitholes, you know, freaking Kalinga, Delano. <laughs> never, ever heard of them? Yeah. Probably not. You know, Apple Valley, like the biggest desolate shitholes you could possibly find that are all... No matter what time it is during the year, they're all 111, you know? And it's like, guys, can we like, you know, can we, like we used to, we used to have Paso, you know? Um, it's, I, I don't it's know. just like no unpopulated areas near the Bay area. No. In fact, you know, looking to do a box or an APA, you know, like um, it's impossible to do a contest in, in anywhere around here. Um, there's just Victor airways and, and bullshit everywhere. And then to even do an APA, like, I, I don't know where you would do it. Um, it's that. Yeah. You know. Justin, where do you practice? You you got any uh, areas by you? Or are you pretty crowded? Well, in, in the Twin Cities area, I, I go to practice myself outside the class Bravo. But um, let's see here. We got one, two, three, four. We got four or five boxes. Jesus. Nice. I have like a, a thousand feet by a thousand feet area. In between developments, shooting ranges, airports, and parks. <laughs> yeah, it's like. Well, you're, you're more than welcome to come practice with us. Come yeah. on. <laughs> no, I don't have ADSP. I got to like fly around. I got to fly around to Bravo and. Nope, don't even need that. All of our boxes are outside the Bravo, so no worries. No, I'm that. talking about getting to you. I got to like go to freaking like Canada around New York and like. <laughs> Just put ADSB in. It's like a thousand bucks. No, I don't want. I'm a big conspiracy guy. I don't want them knowing me. Okay. Just find formation with somebody who's got it. <laughs> yeah. Problem solved. That's true. Oh my god. <laughs> That's half the fun going to a contest. If you can find friends, find formation. I mean, oh my I've, god, right? I, I've got some amazing pictures uh, in formation with an extra with the Chicago skyline. You know right. that contest. It, it it wasn't the best, but you know what? The the trip getting out there and going home, uh, it was so worth it. And it was one of those. Oh yeah, we had a contest, didn't we? But you know what? That trip was awesome. Let's do it. Again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool, man. Are you into uh into any GoPros or anything like that? You use GoPros or 
Sony, Sony um, this or whatever the Sony cam is. <laughs> Um, I just got the, uh, uh, what is that? The, the 360 um, GoPro. I stopped and think what okay, it was. Max? Um, yeah, yeah. And so far, I, I'm I'm pleased with it. I mean, it's one of those, it's kind of neat to kind of like just download it real quick. I mean, the quality isn't there, but I mean, you could look yeah. at it. Mark is, Mark is like throwing up in a bucket right now. He hates the Max. <laughs> No, no, big deal. Yeah, you're right. You fucking you <laughs> sh- shit talked that thing so much the other day. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I like it because you know when we're critiquing each other and you're like, oh man, that, that line was shallow or steep, you know. And I mean I could go back, take a look at it and go, okay, this is what I saw. This is how I need to fix it. And for me, that that's perfect. That's all I I fly need. with a uh, GoPro Generation 1 just because it pisses off Mark. I don't even look at the footage, <laughs> but I do it just to aggravate him. Like, if, he, if, if he could fly with a typewriter, he would. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm like, I'm ready to like just go all out and strap down a VHS Handycam. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> no, dude, you, know, like, you got to get one of those the shoulder full VHS cassette. No, I'm going to do like, I'm going to do what they did for Top Gun on that pits and just strap some massive mount to my tail. <laughs> just to make him like, just cringe. I think that would make, I think, I think GoPros make him more upset than leaving your canopy open. I got to be honest. I don't know. Like, what would you, if you saw somebody trying to post footage from like a GoPro one, and then there was an open canopy, like after they got out of the plane, you would still focus on the GoPro one. <laughs> that's a man. That's a tough one. Because you'd be like, why is this motherfucker having a GoPro one? <laughs> Obviously, he's rich enough to afford. He, he can he can afford to leave the canopy open. He could buy a new GoPro. Yeah. So like, there you go. You're already focusing on the GoPro. <laughs> I'm more concerned so GoPro about the on an open canopy. All right. What's that? I'm more concerned about the angle. You know, like there's certain people that 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 film their flights, and all you see is maybe s- certain parts of their body. Like Mike <laughs> Mike Silberti and his head. <laughs> I love that guy. I get my hairstyle touch from him. I love that. Not too, man. I love that Mark. That guy can. Mark's so afraid of him. He's not going to say his name. He's going to get his ass kicked. <laughs> I didn't want to like. Back. No, which I'm not. Mike is really no. Mike is really cool. He's got a he's got a good sense of humor. I hope he can fly the fucking <laughs> shit out of his airplane. Yeah, he's good. He's training hard. I'm excited to see him fly. Same. Yeah, yeah he he. Um, yeah, me too. Where do you uh, where do you mount your uh, GoPro, Justin? Oh, I I might I mount mine right on the uh, the rails of the canopy. So, Perfect. you know, I keep, I keep my canopy closed so I don't get yelled at by Mark. Yeah. <laughs> Mark mounts his on like every part of his. He's actually, Mark actually gets good shots. Him and Matcha, uh, Massage, I mean, get really, uh, they really do get amazing shots. I got to be honest. Oh. I have to make it for the shitty flying. You guys should do like, honestly, you should do a webinar and uh, give tips and stuff. I bet you a lot of people would be into that. Could actually do that. You know, um, because you guys have tried everything camera. you've tried every camera every mount every angle i mean yeah that would be pretty informative too that's actually not a bad idea in fact that's a good to- uh, podcast topic too right, let's just to talk about you know massage yeah i, I hate him. i'll just act like massage 
and use big fancy words in our podcast. Hey, I'm Polish. Uh, Carbone's cool. Yeah. I was talking to somebody who was listening to the podcast. I had no idea they were listening to it. And they were like, wow, that guy massage is really intelligent. Like, you know, he's really articulate. And I'm just like, I can't even spell, I can't even spell articulate at this point. But yeah, he was, he was throwing around some big term. I didn't even know what he was saying at the time. It was just. <laughs> Fucking brainiac. Yeah. And he was writing, he was right in front of me. I mean, he wasn't reading off a teleprompter. <laughs> that you know of. Maybe he had some sort of like, you know, like a, he had like a contact lens that had, you know, it was like a HUD. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Probably like the, the uh, Google glasses or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Did he have an earpiece? He probably did. Yeah. He might have. Yeah. He's a liar. Fucking carbone. Yeah. God. Spicy. 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 Chef Boyardee. Spaghettios. Did you ever get the fresh Palio cheese? (laughs) (laughs) Only from under. That's the only kind of cheese. Yeah. Yeah, I go with the craft the special that they usually do. The craft and uh, salt singles. Yeah, why not Velveeta? I, well, yeah, I don't think they're fancy enough to do Velveeta. Ooh, Velveeta. That's like the Friday night, you know, when they're like, hey, we have a chef special. <laughs> yeah. You got a limited, yeah, man. limited shipment of Velveeta came in along with a case of Diet Coke Classic. Two th- two, yeah, the tw- 2008. Oh my god! Do you think he wears a GoPro when he goes to Carbone? For sure. Yeah, I think so too. Maybe a 360 just to get every part of the experience. Yeah, oh, there you go. That's when I think he goes there and he tries to like hack their like system there so he can scrub Yelp and TripAdvisor with all the bad reviews. That's I, I think he's yeah, like he totally infiltrates the people that you know are just speaking their truth. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shit, man, dude. How long has it been, dude? We're just, we're just about. I was just gonna say we're hitting uh, two and a half hours. Jesus, take a pin in this bad boy and go to, go nappy time. I think uh, I think you're right. It's twelve eighteen in the morning in New York. I gotta wake oh up in about five hours, so that should be fun. Brutal, and, brutal. Uh, you can sleep in your extra. Just to put the autopilot Dude, on. You'll I can't even fit in my extra. I'm so fat from COVID. <laughs> <laughs> All I've been eating is like egg burritos every morning. <laughs> oh, isn't it the best? Dude, it's so good. I do egg. I'll tell you what I get. I do eggs, spinach, cheese, bacon, chopped jalapenos, chipotle, and then wrapped in a wrap, which, well, spinach and mushroom too. I try to make it healthy. And then I wrap it in a wrap and then I press it for like a minute. It's, it's delightful. No diet Coke? No, not in the morning. No, I do like 10 shots of espresso to get going. Oh. <laughs> You'll be fine. She's just bouncing out of there. Everybody's all fucking, why is Jeff so angry? <laughs> Shaking as you get in the extra, like can't even hold the stick. Yeah. Yeah. No, I can't even, um, whenever, if I go to try to fly in the winter time, I can't because the layers in my shoulders and shit, it's just, plus that whole, you know, flubber in front of me gets in the way to balance. Oh my <laughs> I thought God. all extras had heaters in them. Uh, you guys don't have heaters? No, no, no. No, my, 
that was a fifty thousand dollar option. I couldn't. I, I didn't think it was worth the the fifty grand for that one. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> Take it from somebody who disabled theirs because it didn't work anyway. So uh, I think we had to do a last question for Justin, and then we'll we'll uh, put a fork in it, right? Let's do it, man. Take the uh, take the honors. Last question for Mister Hickson. I think I got a good one. Uh, but 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 but. I mean, there's some really good ones. Like, do you like the memes on Facebook or do you think they go too far? Um, I think I'm going to, I'm going to do a serious one. So do you like being a judge over being a competitor? Ooh, good question. Ooh, that is, that is a good one. Um, Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Golf clap. clap. (laughs) (laughs) That made the night productive. <laughs> Honestly, I, I enjoy them both. It's um, it's fun being the competitor, trying to figure out exactly what the judges are thinking. You know, and there, there's been times where I've been on the judges' lines where it, it, it's been awesome. It's it's like this podcast. You know, you're kind of like, oh no, keep sending somebody up, please. You know, and um, <laughs> so I th- so I think we yeah, have a new nickname for Justin, and I'm just going to call him Swiss because the guy can't make a fucking decision. <laughs> <laughs> can't make a decision exactly. on the snap and intermediate you're so you should run for president jesus <laughs> no, I'm, ki- I'm kidding man i'm kidding that is a tough one i got one i think it i think it depends like you know how good you're flying like because when you're flying great like you want to be a competitor and when you're flying shitty it's like right. i'll just fucking judge exactly <laughs> i want to tell other people you're flying shitty cool man <laughs> I don't want I don't want people to tell me I'm flying shitty. I want to I want to tell other people they're flying shitty. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of happiness in that. <laughs> a lot of satisfaction in telling somebody they just freaking suck. It's fun flying shitty, you know. It, I mean, there's there that's how legends are made, you know. I mean, there's you, you can ask certain people that uh, you know halfway through the sequence they realize that they're flying the sportsman completely inverted. <laughs> The whole entire time. <laughs> I will say it, it is hard to judge the, uh, like, even when I judged that one contest with all my loads of experience, right. Of judging. But, um, I was really taken back because like, especially the freestyles, I think it depends. I think you have a, uh, you have to have a good caller and I don't think I, I had a great caller yeah. and, um, it's tough remembering all the different like little, little rules of um obviously everybody knows the one point per five degrees and you know loop's got to be round and points got to be points and yada 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 but there's a lot of uh other little little rules i can't even think of right now that you got to remember and then you got to remember what they're flying when the figure ends and then you got to spread out a score before they start doing some other shit what was the first category you judged unlimited no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I know somebody who actually had that happen. It was the first time they were a judge and they got roped into doing unlimited. And, you know, fortunately for them, they had a great caller and they're calling out the figure and he's like watching it, watching it, watching it. And he's like in the figure. And he's like, wow. And he's like, what's the score? Oh, um, I don't know, like nine in the car. Just nine. Are you kidding? (laughs) Shit, man. No, I, um, they started me, they did it right. They uh, put me in sportsman and then this, uh, they did, I did sportsman and then there was like, um, a break, I guess for the regional. And then it was basic or primary and intermediate. 
Good. Yeah. So yeah. I didn't do advanced or unlimited. There was no unlimited, and then I was flying advanced. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's humbling. It's actually a lot tougher than it looks, or I'm just a lot dumber than I look. Public math is tough. It really is. Yeah. So and yeah, and then you got to keep you know that whole subtraction thing is is kind of fucked up. <laughs> and after a while, you get used to it. You know, it, it's neat listening to all the different techniques. You know, some people you know use their thumb on fingers. You know, and I, it, it it's hard to keep track of. You know, and but it it is fun to hear all the different techniques that. But I did got. overall. I really did enjoy it. I got to be honest. I thought it was really. Um, it's something I want to do more of and get better at. Um, but it's probably something everybody should do. Yeah. And you learn a lot from, as from a competitor, like if you, you know, uh, somebody gave me some advice fairly recently and that was to read the rule book and, and know what's going on. And, and that really helped me a lot to be honest, um, knowing, because if you know what the judges are looking at for, I mean, you're going to know how to fly and it just, I've seen a lot of great judges that are great pilots because they know, you know, how to place things and, and, and how to present it the right way. And that's more than half the battle at least. Yeah. So, um, but yeah. All right, cool. So you don't, I guess it, that's a tough question to answer accurately. I guess it depends on what day of the week it is. Yeah, we'll just do it both. I understand. I understand the, the, you know, picking, I understand not being able to pick one. Yeah. Should I give you yeah. other? I know it's late, but I'll give you one more. So uh, we'll do the meat one. Do you like the meat? Like, what, what's your best extra? <laughs> what's your favorite extra? <laughs> if you had to pick the best airplane, what would it be and why extra? <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, we'll do the meat one. Do you like the memes on Facebook or do you think they go too far? Oh, they're hilarious. They're great. Yeah. I, I I enjoy reading them. I think they're funny. And I think that, uh, I don't think they go too far. I mean, if they do, then, you know, it's every time you get one spoiled egg out of a bunch, it, it happens. But, um, you gotta put right and, and find the, find the, you know, find the limit. I mean, I think they can get a lot raunchier. I will say that. And they don't, which is, oh, which yeah. is, which is good. <laughs> yeah. It's a good thing. But, you know, I think that I think, I have a chat. I, th- <laughs> I think they get, I think they're great because every time there's a meme that's a little, uh, risque they gets a lot of talk and be, and that's what, that's what we want. And if somebody else can think of a better way to get that many people talking at once, I'd love to hear it. But, um, unless you have your Corey and you post a video. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, the, 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 memes are great. I, I love it. And so far everybody's following them pretty good. I don't think anybody's pushing the balance. No, yet, and it's getting so. people talking. That's the best part about it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You know, love and it's a way to participate. Yeah, love it, hate, love it or hate it. Has to be serious. Yeah. yeah, love it or hate it. People are talking, and I think that's really uh, that's what we all want. That's it. Exactly. Ay, ay, ay. Well, guys, let's. Uh, should we pin this bad boy? Yeah, I think so. I think we're. Uh, I yeah. think we're good. Cinnamon, Justin, thank you so much for coming on, dude. Cinnamon. Hey, thank you for having me. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Cinnamon. <laughs> you want that cinnamon now? <laughs> oh dear God, the stuff I can tell you. <laughs> cool, man. Well, yeah, Justin, man. Thanks for coming out. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, hey, thanks, man. Thanks, guys. All right, guys. We'll see you on the next uh, episode. We'll talk soon. All right, later, dudes. 
Thank you for listening to another episode of Fly Cool Shit. Be sure to check out our website at www.flycoolshit.com. Subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes and Spotify. Any questions, comments, or feedback, shoot us an email at flycoolshit at gmail.com. 